Lilith smiled, and it was a cruel expression stippled in moonlight and shadows. I told you that she would be trouble. Better to leave her now, or kill her. The thought had crossed Warren's mind. Violent solutions to problems tended to be normal for him these days. Before the Hellgate had opened and the demons had arrived, that had never been the case. He'd run from every fight he'd ever faced. As a result, he'd been taken advantage of by nearly everyone he trusted. Welcome to a member or two of podcast about Hellgate London. My name is Fergus. And I'm Nicole. <clears throat> and uh, we are back with the first section of the final book in Mel Odom's uh, Hellgate, Hellgate London, London trilogy, trilogy. Yeah. which is called Covenant. And I honestly, I don't know what it is about this one. I keep forgetting that it's called Covenant. I'm like, ah, the third one. <laughs> well, so like, all right, Exodus, I, Exodus. I feel like we eventually earned that like thematic. There was an Exodus. There at was the end an of Exodus of in london like we earned that title yep gertha very memorable yeah except for that i keep you know failing pronunciation yeah but 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 also gertha's gertha's through the whole thing yeah i I mean to be fair a covenant is very important in this book Mm -hmm. right but also like yeah i i keep forgetting it as well it's certainly the third one yeah and i keep because like i've read these before and Mm. i keep forgetting the third the name of the third book i remember the first one i remember the second one but the third one exodus gertha and uh you know uh, the third one one, yeah yeah, yeah. you know it's very much that um so there's a couple weird interesting structural things that happen here because the first thing you read when you open the book is this sort of like two-page sort of sample of a chapter, which I assume is from later in the book. It is. It's from like chapter it's kind 11. of like a, what do you call it? Like a cold open, like, oh, what's happening here? Yeah. Uh, type effect uh, with Warren and Lilith, which obviously Lilith was introduced at the very, 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 very end of the previous book yeah. as the secret force behind the haunted book that was guiding Warren the through the world. Book. <laughs> haunted book. Yeah. Um, but then it like goes into a title page, and then yeah, and then we're and then we're starting the book again. Essentially, it's like a pr- it's like a proto prologue. It's not yeah yeah. It's very strange. Uh, also, something so mm. also structurally a little bit weird because I I did read this in the physical book yeah before. Um, so on, when it, you know you get to that title page, and then you get to you know all of the standard like legal stuff afterwards. Mm-hmm. You know this book's a work of fiction, etc. And then, you know, down the bottom, it says, for Dr. Gary Wade, who keeps my world clear and in focus. That's on a separate page Mm. in the physical book, but it's just mushed in with all this legal stuff. Mm. And then, of course, we get to the acknowledgement for the third and final book in the trilogy. Yes. Uh, So uh, I guess I'll just read this out. Thanks to Bill Roper and the flagship team for bringing a great game into the world and letting me play in it. And to Marco Palmieri, the editor who made it all work. And... I really like this acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. Well, again, you know, it's just kind of sweet. But I also there's a kind of resignation yeah. to this one yeah. compared to the hopefulness in the previous ones. It's like, hey, thanks for letting me rate these books. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, like it does, it does have just like a hint of like talking around the elephant in the room yeah, to like it. I think because it is currently 2008 and things aren't looking so hot. You know, yeah. like. Yeah, um, yeah. Do you reckon, I don't know. Are you sure when I completely was reading this that he like wrote these de- acknowledgements like in bulk at the start of the process? Maybe he did. <laughs> Maybe he did. We're gonna he's have... like, he's like, oh, I can change him if I feel strongly later. But you know, I'm, at the start, you want to start with a good acknowledgement. So uh, this one's my family. This yep. is my children. Uh, and one for yeah, for the guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah the know. guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll hit all three. Uh, and then you know. Yeah, and then I'll write these books. <clears throat> He'll age with, like a fine wine. 
<laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. It is interesting. We'll, we'll have to do some investigation on that, I think. Yes, that's, definitely. That's, that's worth uncovering. Definitely. Um, so jumping right into it, we start with a prologue outside of Chipping Ongar. I may be saying that wrong. No, is I, it a real place? I, you know, I bet it is. Epping Forest in Essex. That's a real place. That's, that is a real place, yes. Yeah. Um, and this is interesting because much like the prologue of the second book... Yes. We are... We are thrown into the deep end with characters that we do not know or recognize. Yeah, like completely disconnected characters. And then if the second book is anything to go by, this we'll will never, never come up again. See them again. <laughs> I'm still mad we never got a conclusion to this like evil Templar plotline. I hope that comes back. I don't think it does, but I hope it does. This is maybe my highlight, maybe, of the second book. It's very good. This is like, whoa, 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 we're in it. Yeah, and then, like, no. Just disappeared. This yeah. green light never explained again. Yeah, so we got two characters here, Emily and Rob. Emily is a uh, witch, or like sure. a potential Kabbalist recruit. Uh, she, she's she a has... sorceress at some point, it says in here. Um, and Rob yeah. is kind of her normie brother, who's like, no... This is weird. This is weird. Stop hanging out with your goth friends. Yeah. Mom's worried. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they start with, This is madness, Emily. You've got to come away from here before it's too late. The demons aren't your friends. They'll never be your friends. Which is like a really weird way for him to be framing it. Like, I, I, everybody seems to have this like strange misconception that all of the Kabbalists or various magical people want to be friends with the demons. And they're all just like, No... Like, some of them are unscrupulous yeah, yeah. and I mean, bad people. I mean, <laughs> I feel, yeah. it's I. Mm, but, I, like, many of them are just like, no, we're trying to do this for power, right? Not necessarily we're trying to, like, <laughs> come under the demons, right? Like, yeah, there, there's, yeah. like, there are definite ones that are like, I'm going to team up with this named mm. demon for, mm. for, for, you know, like, power and stuff. But then there are other people that are just like, no, we're just learning. I feel I feel like a lot of Kabbalists just coming out going like, yo, these demons? Fuck. Yeah. And then and then everyone is like making assumptions about that when they're really just talking about like, yo, it'd be pretty great if we could channel that kind of like energy into our own lives. Yes, exactly. And other people are like, whoa, they're they're sleeping with the de enemy. <laughs> That's what's happening here. Like And you know, it's it's a chaotic time. Yeah. Communication skills are not uh, a priority. That's obviously. true. Um, but anyway, we get a bit of monologue here about how the burn is changing the landscape of the planet, which is always interesting. Some more demon ecology, yeah. Uh, no one in the scientific think tank that Robert worked in until the demons arrived on All Hallows Eve had been satisfied with what they believed the burn to be, which I am, is a, is a weird sentence. It but, does, yeah. like, a lot of heavy lifting, because it's like, oh yeah, he used to be in a science group that was researching she, the burn before demons showed up. Yeah, like, well... Am I, am I reading it? I, I think it means that... He was in contact with, with his science friends. His science friends, and he was afterwards. he like I am to them or something. Yeah, and it's like, hey, carrier pigeon. Okay, Karen, what's happening with? Do you see the the Thames? Yeah, it's on fire. <laughs> How does you... that square? What do you think of that? <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, like, they've got to. It's got to be like a multidisciplinary like think yeah, tank, yeah, right? Yeah, so obviously. like, there's got to be like a geologist. Uh, yeah, and a I'm pretty sure there's like you know like like a political theorist and like and like a military historian in there because they're talking definitely, about like definitely definitely oh no we think it's like a weapon yeah, we yeah, think yeah. it's this we, this and is then, really changing you know the nature of strategic warfare in, yeah. <laughs> in the 20th century and, and then he's <laughs> just a geneticist and he's like i don't know um 
Some believe the burn was changing the land into a proper environment for the demons, but that was refuted when it, when it was pointed out that the malevolent creatures handled themselves quite well under regular planetary conditions. <laughs> Which is, feels like someone gave Melodum a feedback there. Yeah, just like, hey. But they, but they can, like, breathe the oxygen here, right? I mean, yeah, it's, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they just, they just like it hot. Or... Hmm... <laughs> Give me a minute. Uh, Let me write something. Yeah. <laughs> Others believe the demons weren't causing the change at all. Rather, it was their presence that lets the cancerous boil on the earth, which is interesting. Yeah. Uh, sort of metaphor made made real type thing. Yeah. Um, Rob's own beliefs uh, held that the burn was simply another weapon in the arsenal that demons had, which is this idea I believe was introduced in the last book where it's like it's like a fire... It's like lighting a forest on fire to flush people out. Type, yeah, type yeah. Shit. Like I mean, That's like they're fun. if if they're here to just kill all humans, there are easier ways than rolling around actually literally murdering them all. Well, I mean, literally murdering. Them. That seems they seem pretty into that. I know, part like of that it. works. But also, like you can you can passively kill people yeah. at the same time. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> some demon somewhere is like, nah, nah, nah. I'm gonna get a great game of score <laughs> with this. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna burn up their atmosphere. It's and fine. Then don't worry. Yeah, doesn't matter. Gonna become a dark will. That's through, it. Through that's demon it. ecology. Okay, so Rob uh, media meditates, reflects on this whole situation. Yeah. For a minute here, and then he says, "To the south, he could see London. He could almost see the Hellgate, the interdimensional portal that allowed the demons free egress into the world." He could definitely see the ever-circling dark clouds filled with orange green lighting, which is so. It's interesting. It's a uh, shipping Ungar is described as a small town outside Greater London. So this is very interesting that it's like it's not even really that far out of London, but like places outside of London do still exist. Which I think the last time we uh, we saw it was the end of the first book, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So there's definitely like people that can't escape necessarily who are just like hiding out in like yeah. abandoned farms and stuff. Yeah, which you know? is interesting yeah 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 it is interesting too and it also mentions the green light yes here and i don't know if that's related to our green light from the second book i suspect it isn't but mm. like you know i think it's just uh, a color that clouds are not usually yeah okay. which is mysterious mm. um i know it's like basically never going to come up um but it's like super interesting to i think about how um cities and populations being like lethally hazardous would like change human society anyway. yeah anyway yeah absolutely no. this, yes. this book is definitely not interested not, in not that. going into yeah. but uh it's just interesting if like because obviously um so much of like, especially in like western western societies is very built around like that idea of the city being like like a, a central the central hub yeah. for everything and just being like oh no actually like the, the, like that is hazardous we have to completely avoid that and restructure our society yeah like around need... avoiding population centers yes we need to be be separate and there are like a number of i think there are other books like about yeah that, that... Like fictionary like yeah like i remember there being like there was like a rash of books about like zombies and cell phone signals at some point didn't and, Stephen King do one that was Cell, right? Yeah, I just remember... Hmm. Like, there was definitely, like, a lot of people exploring this particular yeah. idea maybe, like, five, six years ago. And I just want to say, Mel Odom, you'd be... Ahead of the curve. Yeah. Ahead of the curve, right here. <laughs> uh, when the horror swept over London, Robert found his sister in confusion at the university and gotten her out of the city. Mm-hmm. Um, which, uh, they lived on their grandfather's grandparents farm since the invasion their grandparents were long dead their parents had never made it out of london that's yeah there you go 
Yeah. That was four years of backstory summarized yeah, in like three lines. Go. Great. Um, I do... I do find this, I guess... It's briefly touched on, but not really gone into. Universities mm. are like just like an aspect of society I don't think we've really seen in the world of Hellgate London before. Yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway... So Rob is like, we did it. We escaped the invasion. But now Emily's fallen prey to twisted mystics. Twisted um, mystics is very good. Yeah. Um, that's a good band name. Yep, yep, yep. Um, uh, so now we get a little bit into... Uh, we, we have uh, another description of solid. a woman. Yep, we sure do. I'm just going <laughs> to read uh, this. It's been too long. So, so, so Rob, you know, calls to Emily. And then... She turned toward him, and he could scarce bear her gaze. When he'd taken her from university, she'd been twenty. Not truly innocent anymore, because college served to wear some innocence away, mm. but not worldly either. She was petite and slender, possessing a boyish shape made popular by modeling agencies, Hollywood, and adverts. Her natural red hair was cropped even with her jaw, parted in the middle, and she'd had ash-gray eyes. Now, one weird even weirder <laughs> immediately it describes rob and i want i want to contrast this <laughs> rob was bundled up in the winter's cold a thick parka with a, with hood thick gloves and insulated coveralls barely kept him warm as the wind cut into him gusts carried new fallen powdery snow up in what looked like sugar confection whirlwinds the white powder gleamed in the cracks of bark on the tree trunks Cold moonlight beamed down through the skeletal branches. Despite the bone-aching cold, Emily only wore what amounted to a halter top and hip-hugger shorts. She went without shoes, even though the snow reached her mid-shin. They were clothes probably every university girl had hidden away from her parents and older brothers. Now, though, Emily embraced her sexuality. She claimed that clothing interfered with her ties to the arcane forces that the presence of the demons had loosed in the world. So, I just... <laughs> I think I feel like that's very clear, right? Is, let's describe... Like, uh, you know what? They don't specifically call out her breasts this time, so that's, you know, something. Mm. But then it just immediately like, oh yeah, Rob's just wearing cold clothes. It's not like, oh, what's... Like, I have no idea what color his eyes are. Yeah. What his hair color is. Yeah. I it don't is very know how he's built. Yeah, it's very striking when you see it literally placed right next to each other. Yeah, because um, previously when we've introduced female characters, it's like, oh, here it's, we go. But but and it's then, been like around people we already know. Yes. So you don't have that dual introduction, mm. but here you do have both, and it's just it's very striking. Yeah. In, um, possessing yeah. a boyish shape made popular by modeling agencies, Hollywood, and adverts is a weird weird. Heavy lifting description I've, there. I feel like there's there's, there's I, that's a something coming through from the author's <laughs> yeah. voice there. Yeah, no, I'm like, Ex excuse me, <laughs> <laughs> what, are we, what are we talking about? Um, <laughs> da, 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 da. I, I mm, it, look, it's deeply, deeply tacky, but it's got it's got big Hideo Kojima energy of oh, the clothing interferes with my connection to the arcane world. Yeah, you, we'll we'll all be <laughs> like we'll all be ashamed of our words and deeds yeah. at the end of this <laughs> when we find out. <laughs> the real reason um yeah 
So that, uh, oh my gosh, yes, I'm remembering this this prologue now. Yeah, um, I, and, and then you know Rob he, is just Rob is a scientist. He's, a he's scientist. all about hard facts. Yeah, like he please believed, put on a coat. He believes dude. in things that could be weighted and measured. Magic is something for role playing games, which is yeah, very wow. funny. Good on you. Good job. Wow, it's a good joke. Um, da, 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 da. Rob sees the Kabbalists as cultists, uh, and then we actually finally get some stuff happening here where rob is basically confronting emily and is like we gotta go and she's like rob you shouldn't be here and he's like neither should you yeah um and yeah they have they probably go back and forth and say this maybe like mm -hmm. six times um like him trying to convince her to come back inside and like stop being a weird witch girl yep and like you know embrace tradition (laughs) (laughs) god damn it um (laughs) We get some some stuff about Rob's perspective on uh, demon grafting body parts onto their bodies and that whole stuff. And he's like, I don't know if science on that one holds up. (laughs) Dude, you just looked and saw a giant demon portal to the south. I mean... Yeah, but I know know about genetics, dude. I don't know about portal physics, but I know about genetics. Maybe there are things that may not... That may be beyond your current scope (laughs) of knowledge here. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Um, also, unconsciously, Rob shoved his hand in his coat pocket and felt for his massive Webley .455 revolver, which is just, uh... It's also, there's, there's a lot of imagery there. There's a lot going on there. (laughs) Um, da-da-da-da-da, uh, so Rob is just like, he he pulls the gun because Seeker Oris shows up, who I believe is framed as, like, Emily's mentor figure in the cult or something. Yeah. Yep. Oris is like, it's cool. And then Rob is like, no, it's not. That's essentially the conversation here. Yeah. Like you're talking to weirdos. (laughs) Um, And just hold on a second because my screen just locked and I hope it's still recording. Unfortunate. It is still recording, but I'm just going to turn off that. Um, that thing that that, happens. that particular thing that particular because thing. that seems bad. Um, uh, give me just a sec. Yeah, no worries. Um, battery turn off display. Oh, wait, I'm on power on a power adapter. Never. Okay. Um. <clears throat> screensaver. Start after never. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's fine. Let's keep mm-hmm. going. Uh, we get some description about Oris, who is just like hardcore grafting demon body parts. I believe he has horns, right? Yeah, horns all he, over his face. He's got a new eye. He's got yeah. like they like smashed up like a like demon his eye. skull so they could fit a demon eye in. Yeah, which yeah. is cool. Yeah. Uh, and Oris is like, yeah, Emily is like super not going with you. She was able to do something no one else in Ocept has been able to do. She's touched the mind of a demon. Which is ridiculous, but I imagine that if I, like, saw it in, like, a different context, like, in an episode of Castlevania, I feel like I would be like... You would oh, accept all right, this. All right. Yeah, no. If, Interesting. If, if Cypher touched the mind of a demon, you'd, <laughs> you'd be, be like, like whoa, all okay, right, all right, huh, there's something here. We're going somewhere this season. <laughs> um, that's just what it reminds me of. It's just that kind of, like... Especially that that third season of Castlevania, which is like a in like a small rural town type. Yeah, it's very. I mean, it's very D and D like. Yeah, yeah. So it's just, it's just reminded me of that. Um, Rob is like, 
stop influencing my sister. You're filling her head with garbage. And Emily's like, I have touched the mind of a demon. A cold secret aura is here to help me just, like, work through it. Like, yeah, it's a big know, thing. He's my therapist. Yeah. God. This is a big thing. Um, Emily's like, I keep dreaming about the demon. Um, and then Rob is like, we should get out of here. And then she says, ah, I will only dream of the demon somewhere else. <laughs> just shutting that down. Yeah. Like, uh, Rob's still got a gun here. Um, Oris is like, I can help her. You can't, which is the fundamental yeah, situation. There's and, like some real, like, like brotherly, yep. you know, weird tension going on between um, this, this dude that his sister knows. Yep. And then Oris is like, alright, I'm going to help her break the link. Which is Rob basically accepting, alright, this is what's happening now. Yeah, um, and if it, if, sorry, if it feels like we're going through this pretty slowly, uh, that's because this is the most, I would say, detailed and granular of the chapters we're talking about today. Absolutely. Like, um, in terms, like, both conversationally, in like terms a of description, it's, it's very, yeah. I, I, you know, it makes sense, it's, a, it's establishing these characters to then throw them away later. Yeah. But, like, um... Yeah, it is very... It, it There's a lot in here. Yeah. Um, so we basically cut to five minutes later where there's a bunch of cultists who show up uh, and they begin to have a seance. Yes. They just... They just <laughs> I guess that's know, one way to describe that's it, That's just yeah. what we're doing here. They're, you know, setting up for a big ritual. Uh, Rob is like, how did it come to this? Um Sorry, they mentioned he has his old life was a job at the R and D department at Gardner's Genetics. Yeah. Um, and also, his kid sister, sister had, had gone, gone from, from a literature nut studying the works of Neil Gaiman and Ian Rankin to some sort of weird sorceress. I, I think that's how it happens. I, I think I, I don't. <laughs> I don't know if. Do you study Neil Gaiman in university? Is that is that a thing that you do? I mean... I feel like I it feel isn't. Like you, I feel... I mean, it depends I, on the context, right? Because I feel like... I feel like there is a framing where some of Neil Gaiman's work um, would definitely be discussed as, like, modern riffs on, like, um, fantastical literature... Yeah. In that sense. Sure. Um, and on the the Rankin side, I would say it's like genre. It's like crime fiction and stuff. But I feel like those are two different things. Those are not like... I feel like... Yeah. Yeah. It's it's an odd... It's an odd pair of It is an pulls. odd pairing. It's like... Yeah. And, mm. and I just... Yeah. I, like, no disrespect. It's just like, if you go to university to study literature, there are probably other things that you're studying. Yeah. Like... Like maybe for, maybe those are the only things that Rob remembers. That you know, I I actually like that framing a lot more. I think that actually like plays she was like, well. oh, you know, mentioned a couple of authors that like he's just never like, heard I never of. heard of. So it's sick. But she mentioned Neil Gaiman one time. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, this person in my class would not stop talking about the New Ian Rankin book, and he's like, oh, that's what she's studying. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think that's my new head. Yeah, that's my head cannon. I feel. I feel. <laughs> Anyway, so Rob feels health helpless. That's basically it. He's like, I want to do the be the big brother, and it's not working. Um, yeah. We get some more stuff. Emily's in lotus position. Uh, Oris sort of encourages her to stare at the foci and feel the dream within you. Unleash its power. You don't even have to provide the energy to feed the dream. Rob is 
he probably makes noise to make himself feel important. Yep, yep. it's good. That's that's what happens there. Dude should just recite like the who is the dream po- yes, who is the dream of poem. Twin Peaks. And, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a a jade light. Yes, that is the foci. Yeah, the foci yeah, is it, this it's jade. a little jade figurine of a lighthouse. Yes, and then it glows the more intensely Emily connects to the demon she is connected to, mm-hmm. uh, and then Emily reaches out into the void and sees two people a demon and the woman he has taken for his own yeah how do you know this i can hear bits and pieces of their conversation um and then rob is like not feeling it and then Oris is like do not touch her it will be bad yeah you will kill all of us you will you kill idiot. all of us don't do that um so da 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 uh oris instructs emily to try and like you know just keep an eye on that demon see what he's up to yeah how could this go wrong it'll be fine we're just Uh, looking and then i believe rob watches the the lighthouse get brighter and brighter and then he sort of gets drawn into it and then he can see the demon correct yeah so then they both kind of find themselves astrally projected into this underground cavern similar to the way that warren has done that before i i remain very confused about the rules of astral projection in this universe. Oh, but, yeah. <laughs> but it's neither here nor there. Um, Rob is like, well, I'm somewhere else. That's pretty weird. Um, it's very gothic. <laughs> it's like big walls, ceilings, like very spooky. Yeah. Yeah. And then they have, they have like a weird, they have kind of like a, like a reminiscence of yeah. when they used to explore little caves as kids yeah. and talk about Lord of the Rings. Um, which, yep, you know. Yep. Um, it's very weird to me that Oris is not in the dream. Yeah. Um, I, well, he's like a great source. And it's, so I think the implication is that Emily has some like sibling connection that's pulled Rob in. I, I think it. actually maybe pars- it's either that or it's the opposite in that Rob has 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 done something stupid and mm. stared into the lighthouse when he's not supposed to, oh, yeah, and he's yeah, yeah. now there. Yep. And the rest of them aren't doing that because they know not to, because mm. they don't want to be there yeah. with her. And then they're like, "What the fuck did you do, Rob? Yep. Like you stared into the thing, you yeah. idiot." Now you're trying. Now you're doing the thing. Yeah. All right. Uh, so Emily, so Oris is like, "Emily, do you see the demon?" Uh, and she's like, "No, I don't see it anymore." And Rob's like, "I feel like this is bad." Uh, and she explains to Rob that I have to find a way to stop this. The nightmares are growing worse. I can, I see what the demon does. I saw it tear a hand from a man's arm and give it to a woman. I have to know what the demon is and what it wants, please. Now at this point, we as the audience are like, aha, that Mm -hmm. sounds familiar to me. (laughs) This is Merahim, who in the previous book ripped the arm off uh warren and gave it to his new apprentice protege who we don't have a name for yet. Yeah, no, she just, and at the same time we also supposedly kind of knew her and also didn't you mm. remember that warren like, that's right he, he sensed he sensed it was like familiar or something but we didn't yeah but we never figured out what that meant and it's yeah it's very strange because it feels like this is it feels like what we're what we're the way that this is supposed to go yeah is that naomi betrays him and becomes the new apprentice because then you're like ah, oh, I, I see and yeah it's like the thing but that's just like objectively not yeah like they, naomi that, is still in that's narrative line. structure yeah. that's how that goes <laughs> like, right? it feels like the way it's meant to happen but then that just like super doesn't yeah so um, I, so here's what i want to i want to put forward something to you okay 
so she talks about how she she's been dreaming about this demon and mm-hmm. and and this guy and all this sort of stuff yeah lately and warren you know detects a familiar presence through a portal at one point right now mm-hmm. what i would like to propose is that the presence he detected was emily dreaming of Merriham and this new girl and that they knew each other from university because he was studying film. Oh my god, I and hate this. Maybe she they I, had some classes. I, crossed I, I hate this. <laughs> if that is what this ends up being, I'm gonna be so mad. Oh the worst. That's just like it's just the worst. This is the most tenuous shit. The most yeah. tenuous shit, but also like you have to factor in like um Warren's like incel shit mm-hmm. just makes it way worse oh yeah because he's like oh yeah no we definitely had chemistry yeah, <laughs> like, oh, yeah. we smoked girl. we smoked once but we had chemistry yeah yeah <laughs> we, I, I sat next to her during during lunch once yeah and we talked about uh well i talked about um <laughs> fight club with yeah, her yeah yes 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 <laughs> and and then she had to have a phone she had a phone call and had to go but it was a really beautiful was, moment yeah such a significant you know, small but meaningful anyway <laughs> Anyway, I hope that's not where this is going. <laughs> anyway, uh, so Oris is like, well, that's weird that you lost track of the demon. He's probably there somewhere. Keep looking. <laughs> Which, yeah. Like, it's, it's mm, again, it only skates by because we have a tenuous grip on what astral protection involves and how this works. Because, like, yeah. she's hearing, she's sensing the demon. It has some connection to the demon. It's haunting her dreams. Yeah. And this is them following that connection to a place. Yeah, if we had more like, but it's like not defined like, rules, yeah. this wouldn't make any sense. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so Rob follows Emily through the underground place that they're mm-hmm. in. Yep. Um. In my brain, I actually weirdly think of the Necropolis section of Hellgate London. That's like the imagery of this is where it's not not quite too me, but it's not quite cavey. It's kind of like a mix of the two. Yeah, yeah. Like it is. It is like yeah. a man-made cave almost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think Rob says we have to be underneath London. So it is Londinium, believed to be the ancient Roman city built on the north side of the River Thames. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rob had been fascinated by the archaeology of not just, you know, geneticists. Yeah, oh no, he's a a renaissance man. Yes, yes. Just before the demons arrived, archaeologists have found a whole new section of the ancient city beneath the ruins of the above ground sections. Hmm. Uh, Emily led the way in a twisting tunnel. This one held writing. And wait. Rob turned to the wall. Once more amazed at how well he could see. Which is a great point. <laughs> they, I don't think they mentioned there were like torches anywhere. He's just seen in the dark. Yeah, like, like they're literally somewhere <clears throat> where there is actually no light. And they're just like, this is weird. All right. Uh, and then we explain this. Emily says that she's letting him borrow her sight. That's how you're able to see in the dark. And she's like, and he's just like, you can see in the dark. <laughs> she's like, yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I make fire all the time for yeah. you. What are you talking about? Um, and and then he gets to to flex a little bit <laughs> oh, himself, right? Yep. You know, he says, do you see the writing? Can you read it? It's Latin. Of course, of course I can, I can read, read it. it. <laughs> What are you talking about? Oh, it's so contrived. I love it. Yeah. Um, um, and, well... Another Lord of the Rings reference. This is called The Passage to the Land of the Dead. Not exactly cheery, is it? And yeah, uh, then we talk about Gollum more. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, there's definitely a literary references like thing running through this chapter, which yeah. is interesting. Yeah. It's like a lot. There's more than them than there usually is. That's true. Uh, and I... So now now I want to I wanna ask you a question. It's 2025, right? 
do you think do you think the hobbit movies came out in this version of history i don't like this <laughs> wait 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 so this is four years after all hallows eve what's five, the date five. Of... this is 2025 Okay. All Hallows Eve is twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty. No, twenty twenty. Okay. Then yeah, the whole the Hobbit movies came out on this timeline because uh, you assume that well. Mm, Did they? Though? They do have treaty, right? I guess their timeline is objectively different. Yes. So did because I feel like, generally speaking, people speak less fondly of Lord of the Rings stuff when the Hobbit came out. There's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of fun like people still enjoy the Lord of the Rings a mm. lot, right? Yeah. But I feel like there's less just normal people talking about Lord of the Rings things um, post hop. I mean, yes, but also um, the the cultural conversation like moves very fast, right? And the, and 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 like the Hobbit d- d- was did not uh, leave anyone particularly inspired. No. Similar vibes to I would say the end of Game of Thrones. Sure. Where a lot of people really dislike that final season, and it's kind of like buried a lot of cultural staying power. Yeah. uh, In a real way, Um, I think it will be interesting for many reasons. When I think later this year, Amazon are doing the Lord of the Rings TV show. Yeah. Um, And it'd be interesting to see if that sort of reignites a lot of that fandom. Um, But also, I think generally, I don't know. I feel like um, I feel like there was a phase of like seven or eight years where like all the pop culture got like hyper commercial mm. in a, like, obviously it's all always been very commercial, but like, um, there were stores where people would go and buy like m- Lord of the Rings merch yes. in normal, like in the mainstream. And I, f- I don't know if that is a thing that will fade in and out, uh, popularity, or if that's just a thing that was a thing for a for like period that, of time and yeah. we'll move along from it not back. I, I guess like those movies were like very like kind of special and important in yeah. in like a lot of ways in because they don't make anything like that anymore as well mm. like I can see that becoming like a big thing and then slowly disappearing as the films that we now get are, <clears throat> are you know yeah look- kind of one big cultural mishmash rather than distinctive in the way that they probably were back yeah. then um i don't know it's interesting i mean yeah it's hard to say just <laughs> did george R. R. martin finish his books in this timeline like you know what I mean? uh, like, you know what yes and that's why this happened <laughs> that's why it happened <laughs> that book that ate that guy in the first in uh exodus that was the winds of winter <laughs> right there um we're coming know. for you next patrick Rothfuss. i i one of my favorite things in fiction is is seeing characters um interact and think about culture and art and stuff um, yes absolutely th- th- these books do not really have that they have lots of references but like they they don't really dig into our, our relationship with stories and culture uh, in the way that i would like them to yeah there's um, because there, there were parts especially in like the first yeah. second book where like probably in the first book where you would get little bits of like alt history stuff which yeah. was based upon like weird like cultural history yeah and that stuff is all really interesting, and then we don't get much more of that. I mean, yeah, the in terms of the skews, I feel like the only thing that these books are really interested in is they see um, history as a tech tree. Yeah. In that, like, oh, you know, it's very, it's almost identical to our society, but they went further down this tech tree and got to treaty. Yeah. Um, 
and like hoverboards hoverboards are introduced right hoverboards i didn't, re- are I didn't yeah. remember that right yeah no we have um, hoverboards and uh there should be more hoverboard scenes in this fucking <laughs> book they should so all of yes <laughs> correct um but I, I, I would say, weirdly, I just don't think that this book's conception of that alternate history model allows for culture to have any meaningful impact. Yeah. So I don't think it matters. So I think the culture is basically the same. <laughs> yes, fair enough. Because the, the perspective is that, why is this world different? Are oh, they invented different technologies? It's not because, like... Yeah. It's just it's, not nuanced it's, enough it's, to no, actually... People didn't write different books. It's yeah. just... Yeah. 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 Um... Anyway, we're still in the prologue. Yeah, so anyway, we're still in the prologue. It's, it's been a minute since we did a podcast, right? <laughs> Back at it. Uh, so Rob discovers why the path tunnel had been called the passage to the land of the dead. It's not good. Um, <laughs> uh, there's a cavern filled with crypts. Uh, some of the skeletons wore clothing, others wore primitive armor, some had bronze shield and weapons wine to them. This place is an archaeologist's dream, Rob says. And Emily's like, I don't like it here. <laughs> and then Rob's like, it's fine. They're all dead. Which is like, yeah, but yeah. They're, they're demons. They're zombies. I mean, like, I wouldn't... Yeah, like, actually, like, that's probably the most unrealistic thing it's in this entire It's pretty rational to still chapter. be worried about this. Like, you're like, oh, we're in a cabin full of skeletons. Any of them could come alive at any moment. Let's yeah. leave. Like, that's yeah. actually probably a more rational response. <sighs> yeah. Um... So she does actually mention this. She says the dead walk in London these days, <laughs> but like I don't know. Uh, so Emily just sort of has a bit of a monologue about what she's doing here. Um, she says one of us had to change so we would be safe, uh, and she's like, "It's going to be me." But you could you could have been you, but you're kind of weak. Yeah, you're <laughs> uh, you don't have any magic. You don't, you don't you just don't have it. You yeah. know. Sorry, dude. I can master the demon's power, and I will, which is interesting. So this is where we actually kind of get a little bit more insight into what Emily is about as a character. Yeah. Whereas yeah. before she was this like helpless sister, very like wayfish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then he kind of like he feels weird and worried yeah, and he, scared. he sort of doubts that he doesn't know her anymore basically. yeah like, and 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 that like kind of cre- recreates distance between them again yeah um there's an empty there's a lake which he, which rob realizes is just a residue of what had once filled the cavern mm-hmm. which has slowly been draining because of the burn yeah uh there's a bit of an explanation for that uh emily is off doing her thing uh and then there's an incandescent glow floating in the air which reveals two improbable figures and rob had never before seen a demon in the flesh which is like pretty interesting like he was like which means he didn't see a demon i mean i guess you could see it on 3d yeah because there was like like that initial like like military assaults like i can totally see like let's say you and i were here right now and we got a text message saying demons demons are attacking attacking sydney we'd probably be like well let's pile into your car and head out to the mountains you know like i just yeah it's just it it just it's interesting because it's a small detail that doesn't really matter but it kind of like it it tells you some stuff about rob and the kind of person that is that he's like all right let's go like he's (laughs) Like, he doesn't yeah. stop to investigate. He doesn't, like, think really think about it. He's like, he was like, oh, okay, demons. Gotta get sister. Gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm stopping by university. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
Yes, there there is like, a there's a real decisiveness. He, he there. went and did that so fast that he has never seen a demon in the flesh, and there are lots of demons. Yes, they're pretty common. Yeah, and so, and they've been like hiding out in this like like yeah. this old farm. Like yeah. there haven't been any that have like passed by or anything. Like mm. they've just been subsisting out on yeah. this farm. So yeah, that yeah. is yeah, it's very very interesting stuff. Yep. Um, we explained that the reason that archaeologists did not find this mysterious hidden chamber was that the river uh, previously flooded it, right? That, we're saying this again? Are we just saying this thing twice? Uh, oh, no, I, no, I'm no, sorry. No, no. I actually just, flicked back a page. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we actually, we get a description, and I want to do this again, yeah. because we did a description of Merrigan and, and the woman, the woman he's that with. he's with right against each other. Yep. So, the demon had to have stood at least eight feet tall, and that was before the two horns on his savage forehead added another foot in height. Scars mottled his face, making his features even harsher. He was as muscled as a power lifter, but his body was covered covered in red scales that looked as if they were on fire. Blue-green armor made of what looked like some kind of giant lizard scales covered his chest, arms, and thighs. He carried a huge obsidian trident in one hand and a sword scabbarded on his hip. Now... The woman with him was another cultist. She wore horns as well, and some kind of chitinous armor that covered her breasts and hips. Dark canvas trousers covered her lower body. Four horns jutted from her head, curling around from the back of her skull to almost make a protective cage for her face. She defiled her body, filling all of her skin that Rob could see with tattoos. Curved bone stuck out from her right forearm. The right hand was different than the left. It looked silvery gray as it flashed in the incandescent light. Now, I just want to say... We, we, we did it again in the same chapter. Yes. <laughs> we did it again. Twice in the one chapter. In one chapter, but also this woman seems sick. So I don't know. It's hard to tell. I know. Mil- Milk's if, just not about the tattoos. Can't tell if it's good or bad. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, he does have a very like strange feeling about tattoos, absolutely. Or yeah. at least, um, you know, I, keeps- I was... He keeps bringing it up from various characters' perspectives as like, ooh. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I'm i willing to give some benefit of the doubt uh, because, like, uh, there are, like, three visual touchstones that the Kabbalists have just yeah. universally, which is horns, piercings, tattoos. Yeah. And, like, every Kabbalist kind of just has that look. Those three things, yeah. And so, like... You gotta, you gotta like make that into something, yeah. I suppose. But I just, um, I don't know. Like, I just think about the people I know, and I'm just like, there's like a significant percentage of people that I'm friends with that do have arcane tattoos, and it's kind of like in my mind, I'm just like, oh, okay, she seems sick. Mm. Like, and it doesn't, it doesn't seem to get across in the same way to me, at least, that this is an evil woman. Mm. It just seems like somebody I would meet somewhere yeah like get a drink with yeah it's yeah it's also i don't know there's weird maybe a case you could make for it where this is like rob has weird hang-ups about tattoos but also it feels like everyone who ever sees and has to describe anyone with a tattoo has this exact same hang-up so it's a bit weird yeah and it's not like because it's because this book's written by an american i don't think there's any real like huge cultural prejudice about 
tattoos in America, to my knowledge. Like, it's not like this is written by a Japanese person no, where if I... you have tattoos, it probably means you're in the Yakuza, you know? Yeah. Like, I wonder if Mel has tattoos. You know, see, that would make this way better. Like, It's just, it's just um, I don't know, it's just such a weird choice. And it obviously, like, it doesn't really get across any sort of um, sympathy or empathy in terms of understanding why people have tattoos. Yeah. Like, it, it just it just comes from a very, like, ignorant yeah, perspective. Yeah, it's like, ooh, they're it's ruining like, their... Like, it's, well, very, it's very Leviticus, yeah. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, it's just, yeah. It's just so one-dimensional in terms of how it looks at it, which is fine, but it's, yeah, it's it, odd. Yeah, it's, it's... That it keeps coming up. Yeah. Uh, so... Emily's like, oh, it's the demon I keep seeing in my dreams. And Rob's like, oh, this is real. Yeah, mm. fuck. Oris uh, is like, show him to me. Which I am confused about the mechanics of this. Is Oris seeing through Emily's eyes? Is that where we're at? I think so. Hmm. I think they're all seeing the dream from her perspective. And Rob is there too. So we are... <laughs> <laughs> I was going to make a joke about we are the dreamer, but that really is just it. <laughs> just Rob is there too. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> Very good. Um, we find out a thing, a plot relevant detail. Yes. Finally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Miriam is, I'm just going to say Miriam. It, it describes it as the demon, it's but fine. it's it's, He's... it's definitely Miriam, so yeah. it's fine. Miriam's like, find it. It has to be there somewhere or something. Uh, the Romans brought it here, then abandoned it because it was cursed. Um, and then her his apprentice is like this holding a short sword out to the demon and he's like yes good (laughs) (laughs) um and now rob recognizes the sword immediately once again throwing my (laughs) ipad onto the table are you serious (laughs) this is obscenely contrived um he's just really into archaeology as well as genetics i don't know oh yeah i know that one yeah 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 i've heard like (laughs) Um, it's a gladius dude don't you know um, but it's more than that though he says like oh whoever he infers that whoever had carried this had to be an officer a person of importance yeah but like you know it's made out of cool shit you know like you don't give like your ivory lapis lazuli and obsidian gladius to a random foot soldier um yeah so this is slightly confusing to me, this yep. next bit, because Emily puts her two forefingers and thumbs together to form a triangle mm-hmm. and then peers through it at the two creatures. So she's doing it something. Yeah. Um, I, I want to also make sure, everybody who's listening, remember this shape with your, with your fingers because it's going to come up again later. I don't like this. So somehow M- Miriam senses that. Yeah. Um, and... Immediately, he, Rob is like, run! And then the, they they turn to run, uh, and Miriam swells his obsidian trident in the air and points it at them. Immediately, a wavering blur took shape between them and quickly caught up to Rob and Emily. Rob saw it coming and didn't know what to do. Then the force hit them, and it felt like every bone in Rob's body shattered. He tried to scream, but there wasn't enough breath left in his lungs for that. Yeah. Just as his world was about to go black... Everything turned white. Uh, Rob spun head over heels and smashed into the snow clever, uh, covered ground. So he just like ends up back at uh, the farmlands? Question mark. Yeah. Uh, what's it called? Chinning Ongar. Chinning Ongar. Is that right? I'll, I'll find out. I'll fact check this. Okay. You keep going. 
Um, so they're back. They're and they're no longer astrally projecting. And Oris is like, "What have you done?" Chipping Ongar. Chipping Ongar. Uh, and Rob's like, "The demon souls and his with some kind of energy." Um, Emily easily rolled to her feet. Not even that bothered. Oris is like, "Did the demon see you?" And Emily's like, "Yeah, no, she saw us. Uh, he saw us. It saw us." Mm. The demon source, not gendered. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oris is like, who was it? Uh, well, it wasn't any introductions, Rob says. It's time we got out of here. Um, and Emily mm. says, he wasn't in any of the book of demons that I'm familiar with, which is interesting, given our prior knowledge of demons and books. Yes. Oris says, this is bad. Did the demon mark you? I don't think so. And Rob pleads, we don't have time to stand here playing 20 questions with this sod. Yep. Uh, and then we get just a good little bit here from Emily where she sort of turns to him and lays it all out. Everything we learn about the demons matters, Rob. We can control them. We can harness the powers they wield and make this world a better place. We can fight back and triumph over them. If only we learn what they know. No, Rob says. <laughs> <laughs> not really prepared to yeah. just grapple with that. Nah, nah. <laughs> not feeling it. Um, he's like, you saw the police and military get torn to shreds. There's nothing we can do there. Um, do, 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 do. Emily says they weren't prepared. We will be. Um, they sort of argue, and then a keening shrill, uh, sort of breaks the, the through the noise. The argument. The argument. Yeah. Uh, Oris notices it and is like, "Oh no!" And then a the, the demon the little lighthouse explodes. The lighthouse explodes, and I don't know. He um, Mirham just like reverses the connection. Yeah. He he traces the IP address he, of them spying. Them. He backhacks yeah. <laughs> them. Um uh and it's it's real unfortunate for Oris. I believe he just gets like completely decked immediately, right? Yeah. Yeah, they, he tries they... to run and gets stabbed with the trident. Bummer for him. Emily gets like like s- telekinesis like squished. Yep. She gets like like basically held up in the sky and kind of like crucified and then her head implodes which is like kind of sick yeah that's a lot it's a, certainly a yep yeah. uh and then rob just fucking runs away and rob runs and that is the that is the prologue which is a lot it's a lot that's a lot it's happening a, there i think that's the longest chapter in certainly a while yeah I remember some of the stuff at the end of uh, the first book. I said season one. Yeah, season uh, one. The end of the first book, there were some pretty long chapters with like action sequences that went on forever. Yeah. But this in particular, whew. yeah. So it's a it's a real it's a real long one. And and you know what? Well, that girl definitely isn't coming back. But maybe Rob will. Rob. Or not. I don't know. <laughs> the prologue in the last book didn't really matter. Who knows? Who could say? I, I, like, I honestly, I don't even remember anything about that fucking sword either. So, like, who even knows if that yeah. comes up? If yeah. any of it is... I... <laughs> I think we should take a quick break there. Yes. Um, and we will be right back after a couple minutes. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Uh, breaking news. We have made a troubling discovery over the break. Yeah. Which was that last year? It was two years ago. No, no, no. This year, March 31st. <sighs> there was a Hellgate London VR game that was released to Steam. This is distressing news. 
for everyone involved. I think there's a comment on Twitter by Bill Roper who is not uh, super positive. Enamored. Not yeah. enamored with the effort. Uh, this VR game is available on Steam. I think it's just called Hellgate VR, right? It's called Hellgate VR. Um, it is a VR experience that lets you inhabit the terrifying future depicted in Hellgate London, the video game, and the Hellgate London trilogy of books by Mel Autumn. Uh, it is troubling it looks extremely uh sketch i would say in terms of the production value and the consistency of it it looks like a shooting gallery in this setting which i'm not above a good shooting gallery no it's not looking like a great time um so this this is made by t3 entertainment and hambit soft the same people that brought hellgate london back to steam um Mm -hmm. mostly negative on steam it currently costs 50 dollars um there's also you can get a a bundle with the re-release of Hellgate London, the weird MMO-ified one yep. as well, if you want, that gets 25% off. I don't know if we recommend that, but... Troubling. I do want to read the description on their page mm-hmm. about this game. Right after the Halloween battle, due to invasion of demons, the sky and the earth blackened in London. Trees disappeared, buildings collapsed badly, and rivers dried up to the bottom. Survivors begin a community life under the command of Templar Maxine to find ways to survive. Years later, community life, which began to escape the eyes of the demons, began to reach its limit due to insufficient resources. Dreaming of a counterattack against demons, people made many anti-aircraft guns. But the first enemy of the Salvation Army was the survival of humanity, not the demons. After much consideration, the Salvation Army leadership will carry out Operation Clapham to air deliver food and water stored in London underground shelters to the Templar base. Since the London underground shelter is located in the northwest and southwest regions far from Templar base, there is a high risk of being spotted by demons during the operation. However, there is now no place to hide anymore. For the survival of mankind, at the risk of their own lives, someone has to go out of the shelter. So Hellgate London is a VR shooting game based on Hellgate London IP and provides a high level of immersion to players through a sophisticated virtual world. I honestly, I think, you know, you could have brought in Mel to punch up that copy a little bit. Probably. He would have broken it into two chapters when it didn't need to be, certainly, but it would be, it would be a, little, a little more spicy. It'd be a bit more exciting. The flow would be there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, uh, minimum right. requirements, Intel Core i5, a GTX 970, and 10 gigs of available space. Mm, very, uh, very troubling news. Yeah, a lot of yeah. This is. <laughs> I, I feel like you and I have maybe, abs- accidentally manifested this. I think this is maybe our fault. Uh, so I feel like it could only get the only thing that could like throw me off more than Hellgate VR game would be either mm, I'm thinking like Hellgate Gotcha game. Oh, yeah. All right. Or like Hellgate card, like digital card game. What about um, Hellgate Kickstarter tabletop rules? How about Hellgate Kickstarter like miniature game? Oh man, like wargaming. Yeah. Okay. In the Hellgate setting, no, no, we're no, we're, we're getting too close to something. I would actually throw money at. Yeah, like I'd probably. What if like... what if Warhammer, but the Hellgate fiction <laughs> is. Yeah. Can Sick. I, can I Great. get a Shugoth model, please? Like, yeah, oh, absolutely. That's a stretch goal, please. Um, 
fuck. We're getting to where we are approximately one chapter into this book. We've this been recording a, for almost an hour. This is a bit off the rails, so chapter one. Um, We are with Leah. Leah starting us off here. Yeah, she's, she's a character now. She's, she's got on a mission. Character. She's on a mission. She's on a mission. She's on a mission. Um, she, from personal experience, Leah knew that demons live to hunt. They didn't like pulling guard duty or anything that didn't allow them to unleash their bloody frenzy. Again, <sighs> I have questions. Do demons, they pull, they can pull guard duty? This yeah. Is, this is organized enough? Like, what do you guys, you're, you're just kill people. I don't know what you're doing. Again, this, I, like, I don't know if she's assuming the demons have a bureaucratic layer. Yeah. Which... Yeah, analogous know. to humans when they don't or if this is the book telling us that they do it's very troubling yeah there's a, there's a real difficulty in splitting her thoughts and the book uh there. leah calls back to base uh to commander jane hargrove which is the she's, shots she's the night's operation she's the girl she's the woman from the previous book right i don't think think so i'm fairly sure it's a different person is it a right? different person i think that's a different person okay it might be a different person. I mean, maybe we're getting this confused we may have to fact check we'll, we'll confirm that later but i feel like i feel like it was a different person okay she had, it was another l name wasn't it oh uh, maybe it was another l name it, from the yeah you're things. right you're right it was another Jane, Jane yeah, yeah, yeah. is a different not, name yeah okay cool yeah um there's a bit of stuff here actually explaining her nano suit I let's be a little more honest. Re-explaining her nano suit. Um, I feel like we only got like a oh yeah, she has a nano suit, does things. Whereas this is a bit more dwelling in it and actually just talking through the the limits and mechanics of it. I guess, more. but I feel like we've gotten enough comparisons between hers and the Templar suits to be able to infer that out. Mm-hmm. You know, but but what if you started with this book, Nicole? Yeah. <laughs> or, no, it's, or it's God a, forbid, read it second. It's okay. I read the second book first, and <laughs> um, then the first book second. It's all right. Yeah be like what's this nanosuit business about um, what's weird um so she's on a rooftop uh the poseidon is her gun correct yes so the poseidon so this is where we actually because we got a little bit of it last book mm-hmm. we're now really getting into mel using the names of things from the game because uh, previously not all of the weapons were necessarily like a game things because mm. the templars just had swords but the Poseidon is the spectral-like mm. sniper rifle that you get as a hunter in the video game, which you generally use for um, like other like spirit enemies because mm-hmm. um, it, it does bonus damage. So Leah's being cool. She scouts out the Millennium Dome, um, which you get a bit of backstory for. Yeah, yeah, we get some 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 shade on the Millennium Dome. Yeah, of like it didn't really work out and proved <laughs> to be the cash cow investors had thought it would be. <laughs> We uh, also get something that I didn't, I don't know, I didn't know actually about like its construction, mm. right? So the white dome had been constructed of pet polytetrafluoroethylene, a synthetic fluoropolymer that was lighter than the air trapped inside the dome. So a network of support cables held it in place. Is that true? I don't know if that's true. That sounds true, but also it sounds crazy. Why would you do that? Why would you build it that way? I don't, I don't know. Also, she has liquid balanced soles for her boots. And I feel like that's actually, that's trademarked. I think that that's a real thing. Yeah, yeah. This, again, we're just getting lots of technical details here to really yes. like flesh out what's going on, which is that she's like, I'm in. Yeah. That's basically it. <laughs> uh, and then Hargrove's like, all right, send in the drones. And now we finally, because we've we've had we've had like our blade masters, we've had our, like our sword and shield guys, guardians. I we've think had called, yeah, guardians, cabalists. Uh, what are they called? What are the two cabalists? 
invokers and, and summoners, summoners yes, right? We've seen them both. And now we've only ever previously had marksmen, but now we finally get the sixth class in the Hellgate London family. The engineer. The engineer. Um, there are a bunch of robots. The robots fly through the air like miniature airplanes while others sped across the rock-strewn terrain with oversized tires like ATVs. It looked like the Attack of the Children's Toys. You know, like small soldiers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> such a such a pull. Um, we, we get a mention of harp rifles. Um, yeah. Flamethrowers, grenade launchers. Yeah. Like, these, these the are, robots these... attack. It's great. Yeah. It's just like, that's just what it is. The robots attack and they kill a bunch of demons. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Like uh, we, we're starting to figure this out. Yeah. It's kind of what we're saying. Yeah, here. no, this, I would say this is the most confident and confident. Yeah, any sort of any, offensive. Any attack against yeah. the demons has really been. Yeah. They're like, we're going to send in the robots. Then the robots are going to, you know, wreck shit. You know, wreck shit. The demons will attack the robots. And then we pick off the demons from a distance. Yeah. This yeah. is like, this is a plan. Yeah, tactics. Tactics. Um, yep, yeah, so... We get, um, so we get a little message, a little mention of spectral energy and, like, the Poseidon gun, mm-hmm. but we also, and this is really important, we actually get the word techsmith. Yes. Right? And so I feel this chapter, to me, feels like somebody had slipped Mel a note, like, hey, there's a, there's a bunch of names of things you should use here's in some, your book. Here's some nouns. Yeah, like... Put these in. Um... <laughs> uh, as long as we don't go into this textmith's brain, oh. I think I'll I'll be all right. You sure? Yes. <laughs> all right. Very. Uh, in the video game, you go into a textmith's brain. It's a bit. It's very trippy. It's great. It's a good game. Um. So we get third engineer, third class Jeffrey Baker, who I believe is the. He's just. He is. He's a guy. He's a guy. He is the the gadgets man. Yeah, right? he's an he's, engineer. He's the engineer. He, he is the engineer. He's the engineer. He is now, I guess, like a comrade of Leah's. Who's like the if Leah is the backup, the cavalry. He's like. Yeah, yeah. he's 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 like their. He he's like the weird midpoint because he's not actually like the front line. No, but, but like his robots are the front yes. line, which like you know again like a great way to prevent loss of life in your demon offensive. Yeah. I don't love um, how Baker is kind of introduced here in that he... It's hard to tell because this, these books do introduce a lot of characters and then forget about them forever. Yeah. Um, but given that we... Fi- like you're saying, we're finally getting an engineer character. It's just like we don't really get any insight into who they are beyond... Oh, look, they're an engineer doing engineer things, sending he, the robots to attack. Yeah, like there's no... Like the book is more interested in the robots than it is in him, and it's very... Like, that's very clear. Yeah, like we haven't um, built up to this as a thing that they're doing, right? Like, hey, we've invented these robots to fight demons, and that's really cool. Well, it's just like, there's robots fighting demons. Here's the guy controlling the robots. He's kind of bad at his job, you know? Yeah. Like, like he... The way he is played is kind of kind of incompetent not really incompetent but just a little bit like he's yeah. a little bit stupid yeah 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 um so he's also weirdly attached to his robots mm. like like kind of really attached to them like he's like oh no you're not dead yet come on come yeah. on like it's like what are you come on dude yes yeah, very pitiful um but the thing that I do quite like about this is they've like got proper guns and stuff on the robots that he has, which yeah. is like in the game, what you do is you have your different bots mm. and you actually equip guns that you aren't using mm. yourself to them. So that's yeah. neat. Um, he dies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He gets like super stabbed by a blade minion. Yeah. Uh, which pierces his heart. 
and and, then, it, and it's Leah's fault. Yes, because she wasn't paying attention. She wasn't paying attention. She was not, you know, playing for the team. She's playing for the points. Yep. Uh, <laughs> that's a saying that I just made up. I okay. guess. Uh, so yeah, he's like, "Where's my cover?" Someone's supposed to be watching over him. And then the last thing he saw was the blade minion's head going to pieces as one of the snipers found the demon too late. Yeah. So Leah just was not was not watching her six. Not, not in it. Not in it. Let her eyes off the ball and let the team down. Um, <laughs> More sports metaphors. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, again, kind of disappointing debut for the engineers there. Yeah, it's a real bummer. Uh, like, even Leah, the marksman, when she gets introduced, you're like, oh, sick. She's just, like, sniping people, doing cool shit. Yeah. It's a whole, like, thing. Doing backflips and shit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess the summoners don't really get a particularly uh, favorable depiction no, in know. these books either. I feel like every summoner has summoned a demon and it's going badly. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so chapter two. We're at Warren. He's complaining that his zombies are so annoying to march. Because <laughs> uh, he's walking to Kent. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. God damn it. God damn this book. Uh, and that's it. That's what's happening with Warren now. He's walking to Kent and he's like trying to bring his big zombie horde with him. But it's like. You know, you ever wrangle a herd of cats? Zombies are like that. It's hard. It's hard. Um, Naomi's like, you're getting grumpy. Maybe we should just like set up shop for the night. Come on, have a Snickers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Warren now thinks of himself as the master and she, the student. Yeah, we're just kind of reestablishing this relationship again. Yeah. Like, it's not, there's nothing particularly new here. Uh, but... But we do get a description. A description of Naomi. <laughs> so, all right, have at it. <clears throat> she was a couple of years older than he was. Petite again, full-figured. What? And beautiful. Naomi turned men's heads. She was the kind of woman that Warren would never have had a chance at back when the world was normal. There had been a few perks with the arrival of evil. That's probably the creepiest thing that's been said so far. I think it's um. It's pretty up there. It's pretty up there, yeah. Uh, do, do, do. Uh, tattoos and piercings yeah. covered her body. Two short curved horns stood out on her forehead. Is there judging of the tattoos in there? I didn't. No, see we kind of skip over it a little bit. Okay. So, like, that's interesting. Um, we have already hit that note yeah. pretty recently, though. So you know. Do, 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 do. Uh, and then we we kind of we we reestablish. Hey, Warren's got a new hand. He's got a sick robot hand. Sick robot hand. Like this. Like if you are a Magic the Gathering person, this is a very like like Mirrodin hand. Okay. To be clear, because uh, I guess we did just talk about drones. It's not a robot robot hand. No, it is it's, a it's like magical a, hand made of magic metal. It's like it's like an artificer's hand. Yeah. You know. Um, like this is the sort of thing that like your sick like. Um, alchemist making like cool weird stuff in a cave would give you um yeah so warren is like we gotta press on and nam is like i'm cold <laughs> this, sucks. this sucks we're going to actually Kent. <laughs> uh and then we get this weird weird observation here it says uh warren couldn't help his bad attitude he wasn't any happier about what he was having to do either he wanted the warmth of a fire in a good book warren doesn't fucking read books what are you talking about he loves a good book <laughs> He loves getting... Especially not after the last one he read came to life and became a person he demon. Lo he loves it getting sucked into the crusade. I don't know what you're talking about. He doesn't fucking read books. Get out of here. <laughs> so he continues to march his army of zombies. Um, 
We also uh, learn an interesting thing here in terms of reestablishing that Naomi relationship. She only showed up a few weeks ago. So she, because she left him in yes, the last book, she abandoned him, she, and now she's like, "Yeah, I, I couldn't really, you know, do a spinoff about me, so I'm back." Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, so the, the 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 reason that she's back is she spotted him at one point scavenging and saw his sick new hand, and she's true. like, "Well, all right, hand back in it." Uh, Naomi also now notes the zombies are losing us again. <laughs> the oh. most <laughs> can't believe. Yeah. Can't believe. Um Yeah. Uh yeah, I don't know. Like they're just kind of wandering through this marsh with zombies and kind of using the zombies to test where it's safe to walk through the marsh. Yep. Um we uh get I mean, this generally is just that reestablishing and recapping what happened with Warren where he's at. Yeah. Um we also uh we get a little bit of Lilith. Lilith a little speaks bit of Lilith. to Warren through his mind. Yeah. She's he's... not there. No, but she can she can appear visually to him, but she's not present. So Naomi can't see her, right? No. It's a it's not an astral projection. She, it is a, a I mean it is, but it's not one she can like she's projecting into I feel like other astral projections have been visible because when Warren astral projected to the asylum yeah. or whatever, other random people there could see him. All it's right. not a so I guess she just has a presence in his <laughs> in his mind. mind. Yeah. yeah, she has like a mind link thing. It's like a this is a this is a hallucination. Yeah, yeah, and and so we're, it's it's quite clear as well that Naomi does not know about Lilith. Right? Yes. He hasn't told her where he got his new hand. Yep. He hasn't told her while we're out here. <laughs> what did he tell her then? Right, like, that's, that's <laughs> what I want to know. Like, hey, where'd you get your new hand? Eh, don't, I worry, got one. don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, don't worry. What do you like, mean? <laughs> like, what, like, now so, I'm worried. <laughs> now I'm worried about it. Uh, so it's like either that or like he told her a lie, in which case, what bad lie did he come up with? Yeah, like it can't, it can't have been very convincing. Um, so, so Lilith says you should have waited to summon an army as I suggested and Warren doesn't really argue because, um, and I told you not to walk the army here. Just go there and find some bodies. Just, I don't know. They're everywhere here. What? Have you seen this place? Fucking God damn it, dude. Um, uh, I don't know. Like I just keep wondering. Uh, Lilith warns Warren about Naomi and says she's going to be trouble. Yeah. Um, and it's like, you shouldn't have brought her. Uh, and then Warren is like having the thing where he's like, uh, reminds me of like Battlestar Galactica with Gaius Baltar talking to Six, mm-hmm. where he's like having two conversations kind of at once with yeah. two different people. Yep. And yep. there's a bit of friction there, but he sort of generally manages to make it work. It's kind of like in that, those like Tales from the Borderlands things. Where yes. Like they're talking to Han- the, the handsome Jack. Yes. As well as these people. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, which is fun like that's always a fun thing to happen yeah it's a good yeah Yeah. like this is what the scene is is just these two characters walking down a road and you're just getting like the riffing yes between them and like that dynamic which is it's fine no it's good Um, we get a description of Lilith we do she was taller than Naomi almost as tall as Warren her milk white complexion caused her to blend into the snow and it almost made her black eyes and long black hair stand out almost she wore a long flowing dress with deep cleavage and wide sleeves. The cutting wind bothered neither her clothing nor her hair. So, yeah, she's clearly not there. Mm-hmm. 
Um, she's mad that she doesn't know why we're out there. Like Warren hasn't even. I think that's fair. Yeah, honestly, absolutely. But the thing that I like is even Warren doesn't really know. He's just like, yeah, I don't know. There's something here. I I don't know. I don't know. I feel like he's like even Miriam gave me a bit more to work with than this. Yeah, like Lilith is just like fucking go. Let's go over there. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, I believe this takes us to, uh, to the excerpt from the opening. It does. Yes. yes. <sighs> Where, um, Warren can feel something out there in the darkness. Oh. Spooky. Uh, and then Lilith says, you want to hurry. You're being followed. Which, yep. yeah. Which gets us to chapter three. Oh God. Yeah. This is, uh, yeah. this has gone off the rails here a bit. Kind of. Um, so chapter three, we're with Simon, as you would expect. Yeah. Um, he is hunting doe mm-hmm. in the wilderness, which I think worth noting. Interesting uh, thing here in that we're revisiting all these characters, but we are no longer in the city. Yeah, like, we, well, I mean, Leah is. Oh, yeah, no, you're right. Leah is. Yeah, Leah is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But everyone else yeah. is kind of like... like we're leaving the city behind in a way that we have not done since the first book. Yes. Yeah. We're exploring more of, yeah. of like, like kind of. True. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's hunting doe in the hillside mm-hmm. uh, because the hydroponic system at the redoubt they had chosen as their fortress wasn't keeping up with the demand of the burgeoning numbers of people living there. Yeah. So basically there are too many survivors and they need to start hunting. And some doe. people are having kids. Yes. Which it calls out specifically like, why would you... You know what? Never mind. Mm-hmm. Um, do, 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 do. We get a mention here. Uh, we do because, oh no <laughs> uh so simon is being reminded of hunting yes uh oh. things in south africa yes. and he says he'd liked sandra enough <laughs> and the money had been good enough but that he hadn't often pursued trophy hunting guide work oh man i miss sandra let's get sandra <laughs> please, back in here please <laughs> sandra can please if Sandra is Miriam's new apprentice, <laughs> I would I would lose my I'd be back on board, but I would lose my mind in a good way. Um, uh, um, we have Nathan mm-hmm. uh, returning here, mm-hmm. I believe. I believe I remember him. Yep, Nathan. Nathan. He's, He's the one that wanted to go instead of Simon. Yes, to, and it was like you move. shouldn't go. It's obviously a trap. Yeah, this is dumb. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and do, 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 Nathan. Bleh. I don't know, like, there's just a lot of, like, kind of pontificating here about yeah. on on hunting, which is, like, really weird. It was um, like, do we have to do this? Oh, yes. Like, How many yeah. do we need? I don't know. Uh, we'll work it out. Like, nine? I don't know. Like, yeah. It, mm. Yeah, so they're just hunting deer. It's like shooting a fish in a barrel because they have fucking power armor. Yes. Basically. Yeah. This is like watching Space Marine kill rabbits. Yeah. Like, it's not... <laughs> Which, you know, I'll give you points, it's not what I expected this book to start with. But yeah. It's definitely new territory for us. There is there is an interesting, like, like scope change here, where it's like, mm. okay, well, now they have to survive. What that What is that like, you know? Yeah, um, and I think Simon does bring it up where he's like, obviously we're playing into his, like, whole complex about, like, masculinity and stuff, where yeah. he's like, at least when I was in South Africa, the animals had a fighting chance because I killed them with my bare hands because I'm so hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas here, I have this power armor. It's just not sporting, you know? Or or when he was, you know, hunting the most dangerous game, poachers. You yes. Know, like... <laughs> oh, what a treat. I'm, I miss it so much. I miss that extremely <laughs> problematic South African detour. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> um, uh, so took them three minutes. Three minutes to kill everything they needed to. Yep, so they slaughter the deer, and then the AI in their suit is like, perimeter invasion imminent. Um, and they're, they're being... Uh, there's there's some ravagers. Wolves. Wolves, wolves first. Wolves, wolves first. first. Wolves first, right. Um, we'll get to the ravagers. Don't you yeah, worry. All right. uh, and they note that the wolf population is growing again, which is interesting, um, because I think I recall someone at a, at a wedding telling me about this at one point was that they're actually artificial not artificially but they're like reintroducing wolves into yes the uk like in real life now it's yeah, just it's, yeah 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 they, um, they it's mentioned, a thing yeah like i mean it, i, I it, what a weird because like these were obviously written in 2008 yeah it's like yeah you know we reintroduced wolves into england and then it's like now it's 2021 hey we're reintroducing wolves into <laughs> like england. that's actually just <laughs> a real thing uh like a real it's just interesting a little bit of yeah. yeah. Wolf's good. Uh, oh, there's some stuff coming up here, which I want to touch on. So they're they're talking about the wolves, uh, and then they're like, uh, Simon notes, oh yeah, so, do, 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 do. we're not exactly the dominant species on this planet anymore. Mm-hmm. Although they hadn't gotten any news in years, Simon knew that other Hellgates had opened around the world. You win a war one battle at a time, Nathan says. Uh, I know, we just need an edge. Something that puts us on more equal footing with the demons for a while. Professor McCumber is still translating the Goethe manuscript. He and the other members of the Geek Squad seem to think they'll come up with something. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> that book is like your whole thing. McCumber, I... Yeah, be nice to be fucking... Be nice to McCumber. That's, that's... Dude had to burn his house down yeah. so, he didn't, so he wouldn't don't go dunk crazy on, and murder dude dunk, Don't dunk on him. He's, yeah. he's, he's one of the lucky ones. He's literally going to save the world. Yeah. Like, fuck off. <laughs> And it's, but it's like it's so it's like the um it's like warren re- liking to read books thing it just comes out of such a contrast of our previous exposure to these characters because i yes. don't think simon has ever like you know done just like yeah no he's yeah, not really I, spoken about people like that before no not really like he's generally like quite not like uh, i wonder so maybe that's nathan yeah because Nathan says, you win a war one battle at a time. Then mm. Simon probably replies, we need an edge. Then there's that's a paragraph. That's true. I guess it could be Nathan. Maybe it's Nathan. That Maybe feels more in character does, than yeah. Nathan. Because he's kind true. of an asshole. That's true. Um, we're just getting a bit of a recap of what happened with Gertha in the previous book here. Yeah. Um, they note, ah, it's just wolves. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, and then... Danielle reports in saying we've identified a small group of ravagers coming from the east and I hope you're ready for some action scenes. Because boy howdy. Boy howdy. So we cut back to Leah and this is really the second half of her last action scene. Yes. Because, I mean, look, we're riffing it up. We, we separated her action, her two-part action scene yeah. with two other chapters here. So that almost threw me because I was like, oh, we're back here. Yeah, like what? what? Like no time has passed this is from the, the previous same Leah fight. chapter. Same yeah. fight threw me out a bit but um and you know what i will give them the thing that is actually like okay about kind of this particular chapter with the year is we actually get to have like like the best kind of action as any enemy at the gates tells us hmm. is sniper fights right it's always fun in fiction the science is in like <laughs> and so that we get a bit of that we get her fighting like gremlin snipers or whatever yeah so like you know like i I'm on board with that. Mm. It's just this goes for a while. It sure does. Um, 
Do, 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 do. We, we talk, she actually has a bit of a flashback with like her old commanding officer, yeah, like right. pre demons. Yeah, yeah. And like, it's basically, so like this dude who like just came back from mission, having been tortured and killed. And mm. her commanding officer basically telling, like, no, look at him. Like, this is going to be you one day. One day I am going to send you out to die so that we can kill somebody else. Mm. And I need you to think about this. And then she goes and throws up. Um, and then the weird thing, this is the really, really weird thing, mm. is that... Um, so like, it's a few... Yes, four months later, Winder, his name is, was gone. No one had ever said what happened to him. Leah had asked once, and she'd been told that the question wasn't allowed. She hadn't asked again. Mm. What is he, a war criminal? Like, what happened? Yeah. Like, I don't actually know what this means. Um, bless. I, yeah, unclear. Very unclear. I mean, she was operating in a world with a lot of ambiguity. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. But, um, I don't know, yeah. There's also, I, I would say, a thing that I noticed here is so, um weird sort of undertone of like um we're going and intervening in the the bad countries to it like that yeah um, yeah that imperial periphery imperial oh absolutely and it's like hmm hmm i mean you know it's nice to see just like mi6 represented in that way that's interesting yeah no absolutely Um, yeah 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 british imperialism (laughs) alive and well (laughs) um in alternate history 2020 yeah yeah. um yep so leah shoots the blade demon that is very far away um yeah commander hargrove comes in uh they're like the mission is still on prepare for delivery yeah doing all this military speak so they're trying to bomb the millennium dome because it's a weapons manufacturing place for demons which is interesting yes it is a new thing we have not seen demons build like, manufacturing yeah of like any kind they have machines or anything yeah like like i don't know why that would be necessary at all as like you can just throw like weapons through the hell gate right and it'll work it'll be fine like, just but yeah i don't know maybe you don't want to get a delivery maybe you want one there yeah um i believe a blood angel shows up yeah, like, she helps, uh, like, a pinned-down, like, demolitions team, and they get off, run off, and, uh, yeah, then she, yeah, fights a, a blood angel. Uh, and she leaps off the building. Yeah. That's, like, our cliffhanger. And then we're cutting back to Simon. Again, we're getting, like, yeah, a lot of cross-cutting here, which is interesting. Yeah. Given... She screams as she jumps off the building, which mm-hmm. she feels embarrassed about, which I think is funny. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, there's, there, like... We're, 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 as always, we're kind of glossing over a lot of this stuff. But I, I will say that this particular chapter of action scenes is probably one of the better ones. Mm. Like, it, because there's c- clear stakes of what's happening, right? Like, it, rather than it just being, we're going to save the world mm. and fight these demons. It's like, no, like, they have an objective. They're trying to get this thing to this place and she's helping them get there. Yeah. Like, you can actually follow the that's geography right. yeah. of what is going on. So yeah. that's that's good yes um but chapter five chapter five um the ravagers are on their way and you know the the templars were being introduced to here campbell i don't think we met campbell before campbell's new which is surely a great sign for his longevity (laughs) um and they're like you have saw ravagers before or something you know they're just like hyping hyping themselves up for it yeah 
Uh, interesting note here, ravagers never hunt unless they outnumber their prey. If we see this many now, that means there are more out there, which is interesting. Mm. It's a cool little rule. Yeah. Creates some interesting texture to the fiction. Uh, Simon notes that ravagers aren't usually as methodical. Someone's guiding them. Uh, they bring up like a HUD map to sort of get a tactical overlay of the situation. Uh-huh. Um, do, 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 do. Simon's like, there's something wrong. They should be giving ground. Yeah, this is weird. This is very weird. Do, 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 do. Daniel pulls out her molten edge sword. Yeah, again, another thing. Another from the name game. drop so, thing. So we're we're kind of learning that Danielle here is a blade master and not a guardian. 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 Do, yes. Um, the ravagers attack. They fight. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, all right, we cut back to Leah, chapter six. Like, not there's not a lot happening in that no, one. No, there really is. Uh, I, I no, like some more demons <clears throat> come from the yeah. north and east, and oh, they're yeah. starting to push them towards it, like a cliff. Yes, right. Like that's kind of what's happening. But yeah, yeah it, like, it's fine. Uh, so Leah does the jump. Yep. Uh, and then she like, so she has like weird like like wing stuff built into her suit. Which is cool. Which is sick, and she's, right. but she normally only uses it when standing, so when she activates it while falling, like it all like cuts into her yeah. and hurts a lot, which is, you know, that's neat. It's not by not doing it by the book. No, no, that, that's how Leah... <laughs> At least the Blood Angel won't get you. Yeah. Uh, and then she, while, while kind of... this The way I picture this in my mind is it's kind of almost comical, mm. because she jumps off this building... This blood angel kind of tries to attack her, and then she basically slams into the building next to her, and then keeps like, like almost video game yeah. bouncing off that wall yeah, in this weird yeah. hang glider thing while fighting this blood angel. Yeah. And it's just such a very strange. It is a. It is a very visual. A lot. Yeah. Um, it is a lot, um, but basically she fights the blood angel. That's. Yeah, she has a thermal bolter again. One of the mm-hmm. weapons she has. Also, she has, um, I think she has an S rack, which I did from memory isn't a, isn't a hunter weapon. Mm. Maybe I'm wrong. Mm. I could be wrong. I'm gonna I'll I'll fact we'll that, check that out. for later. Um, um do, 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 do. she fights. She eventually reaches the ground and lands in like a roll, and then runs over to some comrades. I believe. Yeah. Yeah, she she like um, meets up with this guy William, William Pittsfield, which is a good name. Good name. Yep. Good Family th- and like military vibes That's in that name, there. which I like. Which yeah. I like. They have a bit. They have a bit of banter. Let's mm-hmm. say you know. Pittsfield's like a bit rough out tonight, eh? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> you know. Yes. Uh, he had a clan, he had a clandestine career that spanned decades, which is heaps funny because I just can't imagine him being clandestine, especially with that accent. No, yeah, and actually, <laughs> that, that's almost that's almost worse because it's like he has a clandestine career that spans decades, and you're like, oh, you've definitely committed cr- like, <laughs> like real ass like capital crime. C crimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you've done bad things. You're not a good person. Uh, like like Leah's young she maybe hasn't been doing stuff for very long she yeah. maybe hasn't done anything super bad yet maybe just spying on Simon but you sir you sir have murdered innocent people yep um we get an update on the mission which is that uh the satchel team did not make it inside the dome yeah uh, someone's gotta go you know put the plan back on track yeah oh yeah 
And that's 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 great because we cut back to chapter seven, which is Faction Simon. <laughs> um which is Simon is still fighting Ravagers. Yeah. A carnivore shows up. A multiple carnivores. Many carnivores. Like four, I think. Um we get yeah. some cool shit with a shield. A fetid Hulk as well. Yeah. There's a fetid Hulk with a with a um mm-hmm. a minion mm-hmm. on it. Yeah. A minion. Whatever a minion is. Uh there's a fun bit here where uh Simon I believe he like jumps on the carnivore, he's fighting the carnivore and he wants to do some stuff with the suit and the AI's like, mm, you know, personal safety override. Yeah, I don't know about this. Yeah, turn, it, turn off the autopilot. Yeah, on this that, that was when he was yeah. he's like trying to save um, Nathan from yeah. being like trampled by Carnegie, and he's like, no, no, anchor my boots. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna, I'm gonna take the hit. And the, the, and the suit's like, you don't want to do that. This is real dumb. <laughs> um, but confirmation that Simon's a guardian and not a blade master. Yes. So you know that's important. It is. It is. Um. um yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. They fight. They fight. <laughs> They run it's off certainly one of those that, yeah, chapters like, where they fight. They're helping um, Nathan. I don't know. They uh, Simon calls for them to retreat to the west, and Daniel's like, "There is a cliff that way." Yeah. Um, like, yeah, I know. Yeah, we'll make it work. <laughs> so, chapter eight. Yeah. Again, yeah, like, like yeah. these are brisk. Yes. Where it, now, like compared to compared to that to the prologue, prologue and the setups. Yeah. Brisk. So, yeah. Chapter eight. Chapter eight. Uh, Leah is in the shit. She's no longer on a building picking away at people from far away. No, she's, she's fighting. She's fighting on the front lines. Uh, Pittsfield has a grizzly rifle, which does not. I don't remember that. I, I like it as a name. It's though. good. Oh, like, no, I, it like all right. It, it makes me wish that they had grizzly rifles mm. in the game, uh, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, Leah's like, we should pull back. Pittsfield's like, well, no, we got to do the mission. Yeah, the mission has got to happen. This. And kind of, she, I guess... Goes, alright, I'll retrieve the explosives. Yeah, she volunteers. Um, we get a heart pistol, destroying organic matter again. Yeah, yeah, this whole thing. Which, yep, like, this thing again. I, I'm I'm still... Skeptical. Yeah, very skeptical of... The of, science. Of that one, but we'll give it to It is to what you. it is. Yep, so they're trying to get the mission back on track. It actually re-explains it. Like, it actually yeah. talks about, like like... The rhythms of organic, like, I don't know. That's fair. I would forget it. I mean... Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. You know, it'd be like, I don't understand how this works. Even <laughs> as someone who's read the description of how this, it works. This is dumb. I don't know about this. Uh, um, so, uh, the alley was a dead end, a 20-foot wall blocked away, which is odd, but definitely in line with the video game. I definitely walked down corridors and was like, why is there a giant 20-foot there... wall here? Yeah, like, I... this doesn't make any sense. Mm. London isn't like this. Um, keeping up with the demons and their machinations was almost impossible. Yeah, <laughs> mood. <laughs> um, so, uh, da, 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 da. Uh, she, yeah, she she like has the satchel now, yep. and she's activates. I believe she activates hook mode, so she can climb up the wall she, like a lizard. She Spider Man's up that. Yeah, Spider Man's up the wall. Wickersham follows her in the same fashion. Who's I think one of the people that was with. The other dude? Yes. Uh, the the military commander with the clandestine history. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Pitts, Pittsburgh? Pitts, Pittsfield? Pittsfield. 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 Yeah. Yes. Um, she, so this is really funny. She throws, so she throws a harp grenade. Now I just want to, so let's, 
because we just spoke Let's about, this. about this. We right? just mm-hmm. spoke. Mm-hmm. It literally earlier just describes, hey, heart technology destroys inorganic matter. That includes dead things. And you're like, if, if you... You can accept that. You can be like, that's dumb, but sure, okay. Uh, it's inorganic matter without a natural, like, cadence of a heartbeat. Yeah. So, she throws yeah. a heart grenade off the building once they climb up to, like, basically, uh, like a gr- into a group of imps or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, shit, like the imps are. And then they get killed yeah. by the grenade. Imps are alive! We, well, like, alright, so... A counterpoint. Okay. Do we know that imps have hearts? Yes. Yes? Yes, they've been stabbed in a heart before by a Templar. Absolutely. Okay. That's that's happened. Okay, well then... I don't know, maybe because they're from another dimension that... We're, we're, we're playing with the wiggle room there. So, so, what, are you saying, like, these heart grenades, they are set for the acceptable, like, heart rate of a human being? Or like, how, we, how we define... Um, like the parameters for determining whether or not the natural cadence of a heartbeat. Are you saying they're like silicon based life forms? And... I don't know. I'm trying to make this work here. I'm trying to make it work. Um, but uh, she also accidentally destroys that side of the building. That that does happen. Yes. Which is pretty funny. Yes. Uh, and so the building's going to collapse and her and Rickersham, Wickersham need to jump from that building to another building. Wickersham says, I guess you could say we brought down the house. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, he does. Mm-hmm. There's just general chaos. Um, Leah's like, the river is our only hope. And Rickersham says, only one of us needs to go, love. Yeah, so they're now like at, at the Millennium Dome. They're like ready to fucking throw this thing in and they Just leave. Yeah, they run in, shoot a bunch of dudes, throw in their fucking awesome satchel charge and like charge out of there, basically. Yep. Um, it's a big explosion um, and it blows the whole thing up and they're all. And there's like a very brief moment of like celebration, mm. but then like that is tempered by the fact that like they'll have another one in like a yeah. week. This didn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Certainly. Uh, we got an interesting line here. The Darkspawn were cannon fodder in the plans of the Dark Wills and the Greater Demons, which is interesting because we haven't heard about Dark Wills for a solid minute. Yeah. Um, so it's nice to know that they have not been forgotten as a plot thread. It's true. Potentially. Yeah, it's They could still be re-forgotten, but, you know. Could could be re-forgotten. It's, uh, they, they didn't have to mention them here, and they do. Uh, also, this dude, so Wickersham, stared at Leah. Are you all right? He reached out to touch her face. Instinctively, Leah drew back because mm. you know what? She's thinking about Simon. No, but like, I, I don't know. Like, it's, I think that's what it's implying. Mm. I think that's what it's implying, but I can't really tell. I thought it was just more like there was a big explosion. I, yeah. I do not, do Please, not bother yeah, me. Yeah, that's fair. Please do not. Um, so chapter nine. Chapter nine. We're back at the Templars. It's not going well. And then a minion shows up riding astride the fetid Hulk and starts talking to them. Yeah. Which is new. Yeah. Uh, it that... says, do you want to give up? Uh, like, and then Simon's no. like, who are you? And he says, well, this is complicated. I'm not named, so like, I can't really <laughs> give you a name. Um, I'm trying, though. I'm trying, though. I came here to your world, to your pitiful world, to, to fight and kill so that I might earn a name. That's just the way the system's always been. Anyway, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Simon Cross. Hi? Like, yeah, it's... Uh, the demon knows about the House of Rourke, which is interesting. Yep. Uh, they killed his ancestors. And then Simon's like, I don't know how that could have happened. We, demons have 
not interacted much with humans before the Hellgate situation. Yeah. I, so... Was this during the Crusades? Like, like I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and basically, the, the minion's like, so where are the rest of you guys? And Simon, you know, like, lies, obviously, and says there aren't any more of us. And the mm-hmm. minion, is that your answer, Templar, if I asked you to swear it upon your honor? And Simon's like, fuck you, you're a demon. I, I don't have to... <laughs> I have to. There's no this rules what, here. What are we doing here? <laughs> is what this is. Uh, I mean, I kind of like this in that it's very familiar uh, fight scene, and it's like, oh no, all hope is lost. How could this end in a way that's surprising? Well, what if one of the demons just starts talking to him? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and they just have a conversation. Like, oh, okay, yeah, that is surprising in you. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a riff on the formula. Yeah. Um. So, I believe a carnivore attacks yeah i don't know They're it like, kind of like almost knock it knocks simon over the edge but he like navigates the physics of the situation so he does not fall to his death yeah and then nathan doesn't navigate the physics of the situation but simon catches yeah him. it's i i believe it's something like the carnivore charges him and then he like spins around and kicks off the carnivore or something like yeah so that he does not get pushed off the cliff. Yeah, I don't and know. the carnivore does get pushed off the cliff. Um, They're all just kind of stuck on the side of this cliff, which is yeah. really weird. Yeah, uh, the AI is like, "This is bad." <laughs> yeah, uh, they kind of like they manage to um, climb their way back up, which mm-hmm. is weird. And then, so one of the the uh, the Templars with a name that we didn't know before, Honeywell, mm-hmm. is critically injured chris honeywell yeah so that's that seems like a person that's um, definitely a friend yeah yeah <laughs> chris honeywell uh, um and i don't know like they they just they kind of escape i yeah. guess um minion towards towards simon saying you're going to die then i'm going to back for reinforcements yeah we'll seek out those you've been protecting here we'll find them and we'll kill them which is you know functionally useful setting up stakes yeah. Leaving possibility of things that could come back later. Because that's the thing, right? Like, if they're leaving now, right? Like, they're gonna come back and they're gonna find the, their fucking people. Like, mm. like this is a, a very odd play from Simon here, being like, well, we gotta go. Because, like, what are they gonna do, right? They're yeah. gonna show up at their base and kill them all. Like, I feel like he probably should maybe consider mm. other strategic options. But... Mm. That's chapter nine. I, this, yeah, <laughs> this, I mean, this thing, yeah, this is weird. So, so but like this, immediately in chapter 10, this is, this is completely made redundant, mm-hmm. right? So in chapter 10, a bunch of ATVs show up. <laughs> yep. Like, they so, sure, they sure do. Um, what's his name? Uh, Wortham. Mm-hmm. The older guy, the, the night, the one that used to, um, protect the vault. Yes. In the first book. Yep. He's just like, hey. He's back. Check it out. We're some fans. Unite. <laughs> uh, we're here to help. And then t- Simon's like, you're not even supposed to be here. Well, we are now. And then yep. they go and chase down these demons. I don't like. Yep. Um, we get an interesting revision here. The Templars of the Underground chose to wait out the demon invasion. The leaders of the houses staged the massacre at St. Paul's to convince the demons that the Templars were all dead. They planned to train in secret and grow a new generation before attempting to fight back against the demons. Simon hadn't agreed with that. 
I feel like we've had like like one like so staged re- the massacre re- revision on the plan. We've definitely heard multiple versions of what that was, right? We've heard yes, it was to convince us that to convince the demons that the Templar were dead, but we've also heard no, they thought they could win, and now we're hearing from Simon. No, I think that's a bad plan. When there are multiple times where he's, he's agreed like, with no, it. No, yeah, no. No, it's what we had to do. I'm sorry. Had to do it, yeah. Also, stage the massacre. I don't know if it's staging a massacre if it is a massacre. No. That's not yeah, a... It's not staging. It's not really that's, staging. It's just, like, being bad at... Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we just get a bit, of, a bit of recap here of the first book, him leaving the Templar life behind. Um... And then he gets Simon he, what, jumps he, onto the ATV with Wortham. Um, before that, sorry, he oh. does. Um, he does eventually reach the conclusion, which is what? What? What do we do? We have to kill that minion. Yes, we have to kill that minion who I talked to before. <laughs> <laughs> which is, I'm not. I guess. Yeah. Technically correct. W- would you have done that if they hadn't shown up? Like no. No. Eh. Eh. So. He does jump on top of the ATV and start talking with Wortham. Yeah, like the other the other two ATVs through their plan. Yeah, the other two ATVs are still like chasing down like the carnivores and shit. But he's like, "No, nah, Wortham, let's go after that fucking minion." Yeah, we gotta get him. Yeah, get him. Um, I believe they do just catch up pretty quickly. Like this, this happens, right? Yeah, we talk a little bit about Terence Booth yeah. and like how the you know Simon's base has grown again mm-hmm. and. Um, Oh, we get a fun little thing. So, as they're tracking down the minion, uh, there's a reflection to back when Simon was involved with extreme sports. He'd thrown yes. a lot of frisbees to uh-huh. help develop hand-eye coordination. Yeah. There'd also been girls in bikinis involved. Yeah. yeah. Yes, it does say that. It does absolutely say that. Anyway. Uh. Um, I mean, what happens here is Simon just tracks down the demon and kills it. Yeah, and it's like kind of really quick and easy yeah. in a way that's almost like although deceptive. Now we get to the good shit. I yes, hope you're ready this, for this. Yeah, Whew. this is what we're waiting for. Where uh, someone's like, mm, "That's too bad. You never earned a name for yourself." Uh, and then the dude says, "Well, you know, maybe I'll make it back from the well of midnight." And you're like, "Excuse me," <laughs> which is like absolutely what a power play to be like you're about to kill me i'm gonna throw this, these nouns at this this human fuck he's, you he's gonna be so curious about that i'm he's, bungee now listen to me like <laughs> the well of midnight was the spawning place of the shadow and the demons simon had heard the stories about it all his life no you haven't no, no you no. haven't no you absolutely have not get out fuck of you, here simon fuck you mel get out of no. here no no uh, so this is where we explain how the afterlife works yeah. Which is, Simon's like, when you die, you are destroyed. There's nothing else left of you. Yeah, place. Like, Real, you like, oblivion soul. reading type situation. Yeah. And Demon's like, actually, when I die, I go to the Will of Midnight, and then I get remade into a new demon, and then re... Then, you know, recycled. I get recycled, but yeah. in a metaphysical sense. Yeah. Um, And, like, <laughs> d- like whatever. And, and, you know, he says, you know, your yep. world will fall, <laughs> and then all Simon, worlds before this one have fallen. Simon's like, uh, you know what, that, that's, that, you know, I guess I'll have to kill you again, but it's probably fine. I have plot armor. Yeah, no, it's all right. <laughs> and, and he was <laughs> like, are you serious? He's like, yeah, I'm in the book. You know, Gertha, <laughs> I'm in that. That book's about book. me. <laughs> uh, and then he says, you know, like, you're not going to do this. Our destiny is greater than yours. Yeah. And, yeah. 
And the demon laughs at him and and he says, it's been written. It is the truth given by the creator. And something about that scares this demon. And the demon goes, the truths shall never again be. And, and then, then dies. dies. Yeah. Uh, so I, so have we heard them talk about the creator before? No. I feel like it's not come up before. Not really. That's actually some, I think that's something that we mentioned in a previous episode is that we've talked a lot about demons and hell but not but how not a lot of, of cosmology works no we haven't spoken about well if there's demons in hell is there heaven is there god we haven't addressed that yeah so yes. i think this is the first mention of there being a creator um also the truths which are i believe they're they're the things they're in, the, in the video game yeah yes. those I, that's that those that's, are the, yes. the MacGuffins. the MacGuffins. very strange but i'm curious i guess if they come up again in this book given I mean, like, you have to find all of them in the game. Yeah, so they're obviously unfound yeah. in the video game. I guess they could lose them between the end of this book. <laughs> they could, you're right. <laughs> it's not that's not that far-fetched yeah. in the context here. Um, but basically, the other Templars catch up with Simon, and they're like, are you all right? And he's like, yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. And they're just sort of recapping the situation and working out the costs. And then he's also like, hey, you weren't supposed to be here. And they mm. apologize. And then yeah. he realizes he's wearing a helmet, so they can't tell he's being sarcastic. Yeah. Which is, you know what? That's that's like our, our modern dilemma, wearing masks outside. It mm, makes it hard mm. to communicate with us. <laughs> mm, mm. Uh, also, for a moment, Simon's thoughts straight to Leah. Yes. They hadn't seen each other in weeks. In weeks. In weeks. She had that's her like, secrets. That's like, Such as who she was and what she represented. <laughs> Weeks is fucking no time in a demon invasion. Fuck that. Like, he's talking as if he hasn't seen her in, like, a year. Which yeah. is what happened in the last book. Yeah. Uh, Fuck there's, that. There's one final important detail here. Which is, since he'd last seen her, Macumba had made considerable advances in translating the Goethe manuscript. He would hate lying to her about that, but he knew he would. At least until he was certain that their agendas matched more closely. Yeah. Which is interesting detail so how how does your gender not match you are a human like you want to survive the yeah, demons yeah like do you, like there's not really a lot else that you need to worry about there yeah like at this stage like yeah. even the cabalists you could be like look we found a thing that's gonna stop mm. demons and they'd be like oh okay yeah all right sure <sighs> yeah um but that's that. Chapter 11. Chapter 11. We're back to Warren. Um, and he's kind of come across like a, a settlement. Which, again, we end up in this weird situation of like, the settlement people are like, that's an army of zombies. Yeah. They're like, well, they're cool. They're with me. Yeah, they're like, and they're like, not really that, into that. <laughs> <laughs> that makes it worse. And Lilith is in the back of his mind like, I fucking told you, just leave the zombies. Find more. Yes. Honestly, you're just going to cause all these problems by leading a zombie horde you know, across you, the countryside. You could just kill these people and turn them into zombies. True. I don't know what you're doing. Yeah, like... what you're doing. Um, but basically, Warren is trying to negotiate to pass through the settlement. And the people yeah. are like, absolutely not yeah like, like t jog on motherfucker like <laughs> it's such a warren thing oh it's all right i'll just you know I'll, we'll, we'll work it out look people have been mean to me all my life like somebody's gonna let me walk through their settlement with an army of zombies right it's i'm due uh he says we come in peace which is probably the literal worst thing that you could possibly say um 
I like Warren is like, could we just walk around them? And Lilith's like, I mean, we could, but it will take longer. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Which is pretty weak. Yeah. I think. Uh, yeah. And he's like, oh yeah, we'll lose some of the zombies if we're forced to fight. Like you can. Yeah. Like, uh, like Lilith literally says back to him, like, you can just... You make more after it's, you. This is the. This is they're how. zombies. Like they're not. It's all right. It's all right. Just you'll kill these people. You turn them into zombies. You'll probably profit in zombies. I bet you will have one point <sighs> two times the zombies you started with. Like, come on. Yeah. This weird like relay thing here where Warren is like, "All right, fine. I guess we'll find another way to go where we're going. Can you recommend a direction?" And the guy says, "Where are you trying to go?" And then Warren glances at Lilith, who isn't visible to the person. Yes, so. it's very funny. Like um, it's real good. And then she's like, "Deeper into the marshlands." <laughs> and um, I don't know, like, I can't. Warren's like, "All right, yeah, deeper into the marshlands, <laughs> totally." And the man is like, "You're you better an off idiot. waiting until the morning. Marshlands can be tricky, especially by moonlight." We've heard stories about all sorts of things that live out there. And Warren's like, what are we, what are we talking about here? <laughs> like, that could mean a lot of things here. Yeah. Um, and the whole situation wolves is just deep, deeply ridiculous. He's like, watch out for the, those wolves, he says to a guy leading a zombie army. Yeah, like, uh, okay, sure, I'll be careful. Deeply absurd situation. Um, you know, it's just like, I need to somewhere, some place dry to sleep tonight. And they anywhere, but anywhere but here. <laughs> I can't even get over it. Can I walk through uh, town? No! Uh, and then, so Warren senses some danger, and then basically... He, uh, he, he mind jacks an owl. <laughs> thank you for using the word mind jack. Um, um, so, like, he notices that there's, you know, some... Um, what are they, are they specifically? I don't think it's uh, imps. They're there's probably imps. imps. Yeah. Uh, there are some imps on the way, and then, like, he's just, like... They, his owl gets attacked and then he jumps back to his own body and and like Naomi's like dude you're you're fucking losing it come on <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, this yeah this there's some stuff here that's great um, um yeah so he jumps back to his own body this is presumably the the you're being followed from before yeah. is there's a group of demons following Warren which is I guess not I mean, it is weird, I guess, but in fairness, if you were demons trying to exterminate what well, the remains of mankind and an army of zombies that you don't control was following, was human following around, a person you'd around, probably you'd be like, I that. think that we should like see what's going on there. Yeah, let's get, let's let's get like, this guy. Let's, let's just see what, like, I feel like there's something happening there, you know? Yeah. Um... So that makes sense. I mean, I you kind of I I don't know if I expect Miriam, but I expected almost more like a more of a dramatic reveal about who's following Warren. But it really is just like oh, they aggroed a mob. Yeah, like <laughs> kept walking. They've been kiting them. They've this, been this kiting this mob out of London. Yeah, and so, uh, um, Warren tells them that they're being followed by demons, um, and he says he 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 can help them. Yeah, and Warren basically ends up just. Jedi mind tricking them into letting him out. Yep. Um, do, 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 do. Naomi notes that those demons aren't out here for those people. They came looking for something, and my guess is they're looking for you. And Liz's like, she doesn't fucking know that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, again, yeah. It's, yeah, it's just pretty. Yeah, I, it seems pretty likely, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Warren reflects on. How powerful Miriam used to be, and how in the good old days, 
Things just seem so much simpler. <laughs> I used to just get to be evil. It was fine. I didn't now, have to worry about anything. Now. <laughs> so chapter 12, our final chapter. This is our last one for today. For today. Uh, we are just continuing on from chapter 11. Uh, Naomi's kind of giving him a bit of a pep talk. Saying like, Miriam took that hand. He didn't expect you to live, but you defied him. Yeah, I believe in you. Yeah. And Warren's like, you left me. <laughs> <laughs> and Lil's like, yeah, she totally left you. I gave you a hand. Don't, don't, don't give her these points. I gave you a cool robot hand. Yeah, it's a sick hand. Sick hand. I helped um, you fix your face. Come on. Yep. Uh, do, 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 do. uh, interesting note here. Lilith says, "As powerful as I am, I couldn't have shielded you completely from Miriam. He may be looking for you as well." Warren says, "If Miriam wanted to find me, he, he'd he'd find me. He doesn't. He wouldn't send imps to do it for him." Which is a funny line, given that our entire history of Miriam has been him using intermediaries to do anything. Yes, he is very much not a doing. He's himself. not a. He's not an uh, non execution guy. He's like more the ideas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, we're gonna kill all these three lieutenants, and I'm gonna, you know, become a dark will. Merahim's a great scrum master. I don't know if you know way. this, but like when I say we, I mean you, you, you yeah, yeah. on I'm my behalf. I'm enabling the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, and then Will's like, I don't think you're very. I, Lilith, she's just like. Mm. Lilith says you're not that important, or yeah. <laughs> which is a yeah, harsh like, truth. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, Miriam maybe could find me if he really wanted to do it, but I don't. I don't think he cares. I think he, you're. He's got his own sorceress girl. I don't he's... think he thinks of you at all. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, and Warren is is just cut by that. I'm sorry. It's time for you to move on from your demon ex. Yeah. Um, um, he has he has a little bit of a flashback about um, forcing his dad, his stepdad, to yes. kill himself, and then is like. You know, I could just make them let me in. Maybe I'll just make them let me in, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, he does that. He sure does. Um, they let them in, <sighs> uh, and then so this is we uh, yeah okay. So they go into the town or whatever, and Naomi is there, and she's kind of hanging out, being ready. Um, and then. She took cover behind a thick oak tree. The broad old trunk hid her and a young man in his late teens. She felt his gaze upon her and knew that he feared her as well as felt sexually aroused by her proximity and strangeness. Mm-hmm. Now, um, then he want, he kind of like shows off to her about his cool shotgun with cool uh, demon poison. We do get this character's name, Desmond. Desmond, yeah, thank you. Yes. Yeah, he, he shows off his cool shotgun, which has weird like... Explosive gl- rounds yeah. designed to penetrate demon hide and deliver a load of poison. Yeah, it's got... It's de- a nerve toxin we got from some demon fish. Yeah, which is cool. Um, but also Desmond's a creep because mm. he's just kind of staring at Naomi's chest behind the tree... It's, I mean, it's impressive he manages to come off as a creep when she hangs around with Warren. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is actually, <laughs> like, pretty, like, impressive. But it's, like, this, this like, like 18, 19-year-old yeah. dude is just, like... Yeah. Huh. Hmm. You know? It's... Yeah. Mm. I, mm. Warren's such a chump. God. No, more, fuck Warren. He's... It's dumbass. He's such... Oh, it's great, though. I love yeah. it. He's... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
this there's definitely a lot of Warren just being dunked on in this chapter, which is good. Yeah. Uh then there's some <laughs> there's a mention of Reiki healing. I don't know why. Yeah. I sure is. I kinda of skipped uh, over. The that. demons attack and Warren and Naomi use their powers to fight. Naomi does like a chain lightning, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And then uh, and then someone's like, Why don't you have the zombies attack? I think that that would be a good use of the zombies. Yeah, and they're like, No, I need those for later. They're a barrier. And, He's using and them as literal like meat shield. We kind of so this is really funny. We kind of um we kind of mention uh <laughs> kind of mentioned that Warren's really into um like uh like total war games. It's true, it's true. He does think <laughs> a lot about formations yeah uh i don't know yeah um and we end with a recurring imagery thing of warren forming the triangle of his thumbs and forefingers and then blew his breath over his hands to shoot a fireball which is the thing that we saw emily do yes which again i mean it kind of poses i guess a weird question because obviously it's like some sort of po like some sort of hand motion for channeling spells yes but emily was not channeling a spell at the time like she was watching she was like trying to like do something it wasn't entirely clear what it was yeah i i don't know really but yeah it also raises some questions about like how magic functions in the hellgate universe because like you know you generally have like a mm. few different ways that magic can work right you yeah. can have like your your movement based magic where like hands and stuff make things do things mm -hmm. you have like words making things do things which hasn't really come up much people aren't really saying spells no um people are generally doing it with like the force of their mind mm. so it's interesting that like we're getting to the point where like with hand gestures doing things you know mm. uh and I don't, it's, it's interesting that we've just kind of come up with that yeah um but anyway, that's the end of uh, chapter twelve. Yeah. I'm how how far should we read next one? I feel like twenty seven or something like that is about a hundred pages in. Sure. All right. Yeah. I mean, according to my ebook, which is slightly different if you're reading the physical copy. Yeah, I, um, I'll, I'll double check when I because I didn't bring my physical book with me this time, so I'll okay. double check. Okay. Um. Yeah. Let's go from chapters thirteen through twenty seven. Okay. So Sounds up to twenty eight. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for next episode's readings. Um, but before we wrap, I suppose, coming, returning to this book, did it hold up? Was it as you remembered? I think this book's all right. It's not like that, like it's, it's uh, kind of, it's not great to, to read over in a podcast, like mm. just a bunch of like, you know, action scenes, but I did find myself like actually like, like kind of like enjoying portions of this, like that, mm. pro that prologue being long is like it's real long but mm. it's also a very interesting prologue with a lot of stuff that goes on a lot of questions which is why we spent so much time on it yeah um and like the i don't know like what like warren's really funny in these first 12 chapters like him just like wandering <laughs> through kent with an army of zombies <laughs> is really it's funny almost, it's, yeah it's really veers into comedy it's so funny yeah so that's really good yeah. um leah's doing things which is nice yeah and doing things that, like you know she she is she is doing some Matthew Riley ass shit. Yeah, you know? like, she's so, being an action hero. Yeah, so that's good. Simon's still boring as hell, and yeah. he always will be. Like Sim he's still hung up on his masculinity and like his yeah. his dad and all of these different things. But like you're getting at least a little bit of like lore stuff, you know, about like the truths mm. and so on. Like you're getting you're 
getting stuff to maybe make this a proper story yeah i mean i think um for me it is both is a fun ride to jump through yeah but also it is a bit frustrating um to be in the third book in this trilogy we are uh, almost a third of the way in the book through the book i have no idea what the stakes are here yeah because um, you, because we know that they can't win. We know that the the, the demon invasion is. What not are we going trying to... to do here? Yeah, is like that's like a question has haunted me through this entire trilogy. But I would hope that you'd get there on the third book. I would, like even with Lilith coming in. Okay, Lilith, interesting. Yeah, is this going to be how are we going to stuff funnel yeah. these plot threads towards this collision? Right. Yeah, uh, and I still do not understand what that is. Um. I think that there's a lot of really good lore stuff, especially around the prologue. You just get some great stuff that's just shoved in there because, oh shit, well, this is the final book. Yeah, we, we need got it. it. This needs to be in here. We need to ex- to mention this stuff and explain how it works. Yes. So there's a lot of that, which is fun because I'm like, finally, some details. Yes. But also we're two-thirds of the way through the story, which is not great for pacing. Yeah, like it kind um, of, each, each of these books is like really self-contained in a way that kind of hurts it as a trilogy, right? Yeah. Like you could read and like... As I did, you could read any one of these books as your first mm. and only Hellgate book if you wanted to, right? And you'd yeah. probably have an okay time. You wouldn't have a great time, but you'd have an okay time. Mm. But it does... It opens up all of these threads at the beginning of each book and then mm. wraps them all up at the ending of each book so that there is no there is no overarching story from yeah. one to the next. I mean, there's definitely loose ends, but it would be nice if they were ever addressed like relevant or yeah. yeah like or big yeah. even right but instead it's just like ah we're ignoring that yeah you know like so that's that is absolutely frustrating i agree um i also feel like and this is a, a slight problem of that self-contained sort of structure is that um it feels like what we've read so far aside from the like maybe even including the prologue i guess like it feels like none of this matters <laughs> like yeah, like yeah. this like simon going hunting and getting ambushed if and uh leah going on her mission and warren walking through this uh, maybe, well, no no you know, warren's all right i think i think maybe there's something there but like it feels very much like a reestablishing yes uh where these characters are at which is necessary but, but not 12 chapters not 12 necessary. chapters necessary like it feels like we could cut one or two chapters from each of these sequences and yep. we would we would still be relatively reacquainted with where these characters are at yeah you um, would you would know what's going on you know the state yeah. of like their worlds and be able to go okay what's next like if this is if this is the the movie version yeah. of this story it feels like you have maybe five to ten minutes sequences for each character to try and reestablish where they're at yeah and each each of the because we actually wrapped at like a pretty good point mm. right because this is kind of the end of the introduction of each of those characters mm. right we've kind of hit like the main beat for yeah each of those intro scenes if they were in a film i just wish those intro scenes had m- more to do with the macro level of where the story is going yes. or because shorter. we have had two books of having this equivalent intro scene for these characters to remember where they're at yeah um and i feel like we could like if, we, if we're gonna do that again it's fine but you gotta you gotta do that in a direction that's yes. not just oh what if leah killed some demons yeah <laughs> like, you're like eh. are they like, blowing up the thing like eh. there would have to be yeah. something that happened at the end of leah's mission right like there would need to be yeah like a real fine game changer or something yeah. but like instead it's like ah oh, the war continues <laughs> like, 
<laughs> or yes. like, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, like, it was very interesting that demons have a manufacturing facility. Absolutely. I don't think it will ever come up again. Like, like you could actually, like, what you would do is you would still have that. You would still have that be mm. their mission. And you would have, when they actually yeah. reach the dome and blow it up, they would find something there that gives them something to work towards mm. for the rest of the story. Yeah. But that's not there. It just feels, yeah, it feels very isolated from what the macro level of the story is. Considering, um, yeah. And Warren, it's funny because Warren feels like the only person that's really involved with what's truly going on right now. But but also, we have no idea what it is he's doing, right? He's going off somewhere at the behest of Adam's second wife, the mother of demons. So obviously it has to be important. Yeah, that's the thing. That's that's what I'm saying. With Warren, I'm like, okay, obviously... He's doing a big picture story thing. Yes. Because you're not going to have Warren walk to Kent on foot <laughs> for no reason. Like, there has to be a main plot thing at the end of that journey. Yes. There's no way that's a side quest. That has to be a main plot thing. Absolutely. It's just it's just really funny that that's the only one we don't have any detail of goal about. And you're just like, I guess this is important. Yeah. Uh, we're um, going here. Like, yeah. Like, Simon, he is out, like, hunting food to... Which like provide for his people and kill a demon to prevent demons from finding his people those are both solid simple goals that make sense they're just mm-hmm. unconnected from the wider mythology lee is blowing up some demons again important s- simple important goal but, but i don't understand what this is building to yeah. and i feel like at this point in the story i should have some idea of what we're building yes to. we should you should start this book knowing <laughs> where we're going but instead we, at the end of the last book we're like well they have Gertha is that know. important is that does this matter is at this... all <laughs> what are we um, doing like yeah no like I understand I may be maybe comparing this too highly but like you don't get to Return of the King and they're like so what are, what are we doing yeah <laughs> what's, you don't, the, what's you like don't, a macro level goal here you don't finish story? two towers and go <laughs> oh I wonder oh. what will happen I, I mean yeah like where where what, where's everyone going to go? What are they going to do? You like, just kind of like know what the direction of yeah, this you're like, story okay, is going. They're off doing this thing. They're yeah. off doing this thing. I know how that's going. But everything <laughs> is both tied up too neatly and not neatly enough at the yeah. end of each book. That it's just kind of confused. Yeah. But... Anyway. So that is the first section of Covenant. We still don't know what this Covenant business is. I do. Okay. I do. All right. I don't know what this covenant business is. You, you can you can kind of already guess what this covenant business okay. is. Okay. Hmm. Think about it this way. Is right. it an alliance being formed between these factions? Well, we, so we've got Exodus. That yeah. was about Simon. Yeah. Getting a bunch of people out. Yeah. We had Gertha about Leah finding Gertha. Okay. We've got... I think that's a, that was maybe a stretch for Leah's involvement I mean, in the book, know, but yeah. Like she's bringing, you know... Like yeah. Just, just, yeah, yeah. Work with me. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> now we've got Covenant, and it's and it's the one that has a pic... Like... <laughs> yeah. Picture of... No, that's... Actually, I'm wrong. Go ahead. Oh, no, a picture right. of the cultist. Mm. All right. I'm entirely wrong. Things. I do so know what the Covenant is. So your theory means. is this is to do with Warren? Uh, yes. Okay. And I think, We're going to find out what his deal is. Yes. We're going to have... We're going to have some Warren... This this part's gonna be this book is gonna be about Warren for about half of it. Okay, well I look forward to that based on this <laughs> this session. Uh, if you too look forward to that, uh, you can read along with us. Like I said, we're reading up through to the end of chapter twenty seven for the chapter next episode. 13, yeah, thirteen uh, to twenty seven. 
thank you so much for listening to this episode of a murmur or two yeah uh we can we're sorry it's late but we we're determined to make it to the end of this journey through hell uh, any other final thoughts to add, Nicole? No, none at all. Um, uh, yeah, thanks, thanks everyone for your patience while I was sick, and we'll see you next time, Murmurers. <laughs> Read on. <laughs>but I saw this and was like no I can't I can't I can't I simply can't do more of this but ah oh, just right. just think is this it? regular ass no, retail hellgate london can you imagine
all the janky melee and and okay. weapons with longer distances than mm. the draw distance. Mm. Mm. It's gonna be great. Mm-hmm. We've decided this is... we're gonna do a twenty-four hour Hellgate London stream as a celebration when we finish. <laughs> and I just found. Are you a... doing twelve hours each? Or... No, we found a mod that lets you play multiplayer. 